Eons ago, during the Age of the Magi, the world was something other. Magic. Hello, everyone. Everyone's in the wrong place. What's, I just realized that we don't need the thing. It doesn't. We don't. We don't need the intro video anymore. Ah, oh, so we don't need to do the thing. Phoebe and Tiger, can you switch? Tiger um, <laughs> uh, I set it up for John to be here, and he's not here yet. He's stuck in traffic. So we're starting without him. Welcome to the Dark Fire Roundtable. There's no more story. There is no more story to be had. And because of that, we are all uh, doing a Q&A Roundtable thing. PB's in... Have you flipped your camera around today? What? No, it's always this way, isn't it? Nope. No, you flip it the other way. It's usually the other way. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, there you go. Now you're in the right place. It's because I don't have XSplit open. I just have the camera. We'll see about that. All right. Well, as soon as John arrives, it's all going to get destroyed again anyway. So it's fine for now. I don't know. Welcome to the stream, everybody. It's the Darkfire Roundtable Q&A session. Um, where we go over some of the things that happened in the campaign. For the, we have so many questions that I've um, yeah, that I've lot. managed to grab we, from the uh, from the Discord, and also I feel too, like it's too quiet. What Is do you need? Weird? What do you? What do you music on roll twenty, like some sad like. He's got that. tavern music on roll twenty. Yeah, yeah you oh, can join. Okay. I'm still yeah. using it. Um, also, there's a thing that you can do today. I think. Kujio oh, set up a bot. Uh, also, I haven't heard from Kujio all day. I don't know where he is, so I'm oh, hoping it still works. Um, if you type Q, exclamation point Q in the chat, and then space your question, whatever you want to ask, it should log the questions for me, and we'll get to those ones at the end of the stream. Anything you want to ask during the, uh, during the stream. Oh, yeah, it works. There you go. So, um, thanks, M NMF1. Um, if you do have a question, don't just type some bullshit in there because it's going to be annoying. Just if you have a question, a real one, um, and we haven't gotten to it during the first like half of the stream, then the second half of the stream, I'll probably try and dedicate to any questions that come through live on the on the stream. For now, we have a lot of questions on the uh, on the discord um, that people have been just submitting just throughout the campaign. And this last week, there have been tons. Um, I think I, I got them all. Questions there are. I've been going in and out and like just checking and scrolling up and down and double checking. Um, I think I caught every question. There are definitely some in there that I can't answer, <laughs> some that I won't answer. And um, for the most part, I think I got them all. So even if uh, I don't answer them, I'll let you know. And uh, of course, there's here they come. All the questions are coming in on my other screen for the uh, the live Q and A. So I think it's probably best that we all just I don't I don't know if any of you three have anything that you want to ask outright from each other or me or or I anything. Do, I can first. wait. Well, I no, thought we no, might I'll wait till the break. You want to wait till the break? Yeah, I want to see. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to see if somebody else asks. Oh, it first. right. I see. I thought yeah, you meant we were on break. I was like, you could have just asked me in the week. No, um, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, I'll I, ask you yeah. like after. I'd rather get to the people that want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Quick. All right, so let's let's do it that way then. I didn't really have any plan. My original plan for this was just I, I know that there are so many questions that only I can answer, and I was concerned that you three would just be kind of stuck there, bored out of your minds with nothing to uh, to do. 
um, for a while. So I thought maybe we just do the, I'd do the first half and then you come in. I don't know, but I think just based on the amount of questions there are, we'll just go down this list. I, I tried to figure out a way to like show them on the screen, but it's just so much effort um, to because they come from all different places and things and they're all different things and I'm not good at making bots like Kujio. So um, I'm just going to say them verbally <laughs> and then we'll have to get Sounds to them. Um, the first question I have came from Pumpkinberry and I'm not even kidding. It's the first thing I put in my Google Doc that just says questions. Um, would it have worked? Question mark. <gasps> yes! <laughs> was the oh, first like... Was like the first official question I got, and it was uh, in reference to the slitting of the throat um, when you guys were back in time. Um, would it have worked? Yes, yes, it would have worked. Um, there were three ways out of there, unless you thought of something else. Go to the mountain, go to the forest, die. <laughs> With like the three fail well it was go to the mountain go to the forest and fail your pursuit because you could actually have made it through the entire campaign still doing the, the pursuit with the with the braces on and things I, I assume that going to the woods would have actually extended the campaign a little bit probably wouldn't have mm -hmm. i think we'd we'd still be in the we'd woods now i do oh wow i planned i planned a decent amount for it um so I, I genuinely planned out uh like a whole other thing. Like I had, I was like gearing up to end when you guys first went back in time. And then I started to plan out the, the ways that you would return. And I was like, this is like a whole other Rose Guard level quest that you're going to end up doing. Um, so I, I had consigned myself. I was like, oh, fuck it. This is going on for another half year. Oh, um, I, wish. I was ready for it. And then you died. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> We're back on track for my original thing um which was weird the 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 stuff with the the forest um i'm gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reveal because i might use it still N not necessarily like in this or as a as a dark fire supplement of which there still might be stuff i don't know i can't i'm not guaranteeing anything but there might still be some little tidbits that we that we run that, that are directly linked to Darkfire, um, but hold us. <clears throat> but the uh, but the 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 forest was planned out to the point where I'm like, it would be silly for me to not reuse that in some way someday. Um, and uh, so I'm not going to tell you what it was or anything like that. I can say that someone's NPC <laughs> that never got used was there and now is going to show up in the beginning of. Uh, Dying Order, or is going to show up in one of the, the Darkfire supplemental things that we do at some point. Um, but somebody submitted a uh, a little, um, little dragon that was designed to piss off Eero. Um, it was a fairy. It was a fairy dragon. Or, is that what they're called? What are they called? Um, God, where is he? I don't know what I did with him now. There was a, there was one of the somebody submitted a a, a little. Um, you know those dragons that warlocks can use as familiars if if you have the expanded warlock list pseudo dragon pseudo dragon it was a that, pseudo dragon that, that somebody totally blanked on it too that somebody uh submitted that was literally just gonna prank hero deer for like ever and i uh i wrote that character in as the person who was like guarding the gate into the the feywild 
um, and it was going to be like Eero would have to go through all these horrible, annoying tests to get through um, to get everybody access into the to the Feywilds. Um, and then you all died, and I'm now I need to rewrite that character into something else, and we'll see how that works out in the future. Um, they will still be in it. I can't remember who submitted it. I've, I moved once I use a, a Patreon NPC, I move them out of the folder, and it's probably lost in the campaign notes now. So, um, really long-winded way to answer: Would it have worked? Let me see if I can find a question for one of you lot to answer, so that I can intersplice my endless DM notes with. Um, questions for you lot because there are a few that came in um, i have one you have your list I just well, I, one just popped up in the chat that i thought was pretty interesting and we can each answer it and that Go way on you in. can okay um what part of your character do you identify with the most and what part do you identify with the least for each player from crasty and six yeah tiger yeah because you get to answer twice <laughs> This might sound really word I can't think of right now, but nothing. Pretentious. They're oh. characters. They're characters that I had made up that I am role playing. Like I really like acting a lot. Like I really love acting and I love improv. I love them both a ton. So like, even though it's improv to me, it's still acting, right? And I think that the best escape with acting and improv and, and even Twitch streaming and, and playing a character in D&D is that I don't really have to play myself in the slightest. Like, I don't have to be anything as to what I am. I've never done a character like that. Even in, like, all the GTA RP stuff I've ever done, a lot of the time it's just, it's just I figure out an attitude for a character and I play it because, like, for a good example, I played a character that was a pissed-off, angry mobster type guy and there was almost nothing that connected me to that because i'm definitely not a pissed off angry mobster type guy and realistically as far as like 19 19 was probably one of the like the big difference between like him and like poo poo cakes when i originally played DD for the first time with with brad was that 19 poo poo cakes was just a dick 19 was just like a confused little boy basically so i was basically like for the majority of the campaign until i got that ring especially after i got that ring i was just playing like a pretty confused even after like even after he was up in space so i don't know if there'd be really anything especially with 19 and as far as oldest definitely nothing because oldest was just a pompous am i pompous maybe that's maybe it's maybe there's like some <laughs> maybe there maybe 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 i'm lying about that one i don't know I, I i don't really know nothing really for me i'm acting so i'm playing a character so i'm completely not who i am anymore i'm that character so what about you whack uh <clears throat> i think the the confidence and cowardice aspect of Eero Deer. Um, I'm actually a really non-violent person in real life. Um, I, I try really hard not to be violent unless I'm like being defensive or someone's forcing me to it. Um, so I really empathize with that part of Eero, um, and kind of trying to find ways around being violent. Um, and I also have this like contrasting self-consciousness and extreme confidence and i can't explain it i don't understand how it works but it just it's kind of what happens with me 
Um, when I'm confident about something, like I'm like, I know I can do it. Like, I just know I can do it. And uh, I, I'm also extremely self-conscious about certain things and I'll get like really sort of, um, I don't know, it's, depressed isn't really the right word, but like, I'll get like really, really anxious about it maybe i don't know like you're in, in your own head about it kind of yeah 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 like because uh because i'm a, a bit of a perfectionist so it's 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 just like a uh fear of failure kind of thing i don't know it's like i either know completely that i can do something or i am like not sure about it and if i'm not sure about it then i'm like well why am i even doing that thing or whatever so I, I empathize with uh, probably those parts of Eero the most. Though, what about like, what part do you identify least with? Do you think? Uh, I definitely have like some body dysmorphia. So like the 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 ease of the comfort of the comfort level with his own body, I guess, is probably the part that I identify with the least. Eero was sort of ob objectively stunningly hot as well right yeah like he's he's like beautiful yeah. looking like brad pitt levels of hot um not saying you're not but also that's probably part of his com confidence what about you then pb brad's a very hand or brad you guys are everybody in here is very handsome we're very attractive people yeah, you're all thank you tiger speak for yourself <laughs> you brad <laughs> Um, I think I, <laughs> um, for Rin, I probably identified with the, this is going to sound really weird, but, um, sort of her, her surroundings when she was young, I probably identified with that the most. And as far as the least, um, her, she was very pragmatic and that's very hard for me. I'm PB, I'm extremely emotional. I make very emotional decisions, and she didn't really. She Everything she did was kind of just detached and logical. I wish I could do that, but I can't. So, that's my answer. All right. Short and sweet. Yeah. Um, we'll, rem we'll try and remember any that John um, can answer as well when he gets here. Um, but for now, I think we should answer for him. What part of his character do you think he most identifies with? John to drift. How do they seem similar? To Excitement you? level. Yeah. A hundred percent. It does seem like that. Yeah. The drift was into it. Whatever excited. was happening, he was kind of into yeah. it, regardless. And I think John can John's be like that. Always very, very much like a roll with the punches and be happy no matter the situation kind of guy. It seems like. Yeah. And least. Um, wanting to suck someone's blood. Yeah, obviously, yeah, but you know, Wank yeah, can't I mean, cast spells either, though. I've had some private conversations with He's a YouTuber, TV. I mean, John oh, might yeah. be a warlock. Yeah. Maybe that's how he got all those Teslas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, the next question, I'm, I have them in kind of um, chronological order. So, just for the sake of time, um, I'll try and get to the uh, the ones that came in late, but. The, one of the earliest questions I got from Sammy was what exactly is Hasmol? Before like, this was way before the campaign ended and now we know he was yeah. uh, he was a phoenix. They're a little different though, the guardians of these gates. They're a little different. The next one in this same block of questions, he said, what is Darkfire? Um, Darkfire is a demon, um, technically. He's a, uh, he's a 
he's a demon, but he's like a little, um, he's a little demon. So no one really got to this, like where Darkfire was and what he was doing. Originally, I was going to have him in, uh, have him as in the Shadowfell or somewhere where he couldn't get out because I really wanted to explore the, the Feywilds. And the way that I set up the Feywilds is a little different. Whack, I think, is the only person who knows how the Feywilds work for me in that one. The, the different courts, there was the Summer Court, um, and then outside of that was the Winter Court, and outside of that was the Shadowfell. Because in traditional Forgotten Realms lore and things like that, they're supposed to be kind of flip and, and opposite each other, the Shadowfell and the, the Feywilds somewhat. So I, I thought it'd be cool if they kind of existed on the same plane. Um, but it's all wishy-washy. It's not quite as simple as just like, oh, over there's Chicago and over there's Detroit. And, you know, that's just... Da, da, da. It was a little more um, crazy. Originally, that was my plan. Later on, and, and I mean, like, pretty much like we were starting or we were in the campaign, I changed my mind as to what I wanted Darkfire to be. He actually ended up being a demon... Each of these um, places of power that the ancient magi had uh, have a little Pokemon guarding them, basically. They each have their own little Pokemon um, because they were crazy. These these magi were kind of um, in, insanely co covetous of their places of power in their homes. So they, they wouldn't sleep and stuff. But if they did, they wanted a really good guardian, someone who was linked to the, the place and would look after it and also would protect their legacy why, and stuff that's why noodle lives with you now right? <laughs> he's the same he's my hasmal yeah um the uh the thing with them is that each one has like their own different thing going on and each one thinks that their one is the best one so the the magi that created the gate of fire who i think was called marpel gend um had hasmal and he was like it's genius i'll have a phoenix because then even if they kill it, it'll come back and carry on or whatever. The demon that protects the uh, Nightstorm place of power is a demon that can adapt to any environment and survive in it. Um, and so that's what Darkfire was. And originally, he's like a little... And I had an image, and maybe I can show it at some point, um, of this little demon who... Is, oh, that's all he does. He's just able to adapt physically to survive in an environment. He gets trapped in like a, a time nothing. Just he's he's locked in time. He's not in a he's not anywhere physically, but this this time thing, just a prison that's outside of time, pretty much, so that nothing can get to him. No one can hurt him. No one can kill Darkfire, and Darkfire just sits there with a bracer on until he until someone figures out how to get him out. He's completely safe and he's in this lockbox that this other magi had put him in. And uh, he's able to just sit there and get stronger and more powerful in this weird time thing. So by the time you guys almost let him out or like the or the, the Praetorator did, he's actually kind of uh, super powerful because he's been forced to survive in this unsurvivable place that he's actually a really gigantic, enormous demon now, which is why I wanted the big hand. Right now, you think he's fucking pissed? Oh, you know he is. You oh, know he man. is, but he's still oh, there. Man. He's still there, oh, though. God. It's not over, really. <laughs> he's still got his pursuit and everything. everything. So, um, really, the the answer, like, what are they? They're Pokemon. They're just little little things that guard the Pokemon. each of the gates. Each one is is different. Um, not all of the places have 
something quite as straightforward as a phoenix or a or a uh, a demon guarding them. Maybe we'll explore that in the future. We'll see. Um, PB has a question. Question. A question. Go. Um, in like one of the first episodes, I think the second episode, Hasmol said, when I asked what he looked like or who he was or what where the door was, he was like, I don't know what you see right now. Mm. Can you just explain how that works? Because he um, doesn't really have a physical form, really. He was just part of the gate. Um, I left... Even I don't know all of the answers to these things because I purposefully left a lot of things outside of my realm of knowledge because I want them to be alien. The okay. ancient magi, I don't have a lot of answers on, by the way. Everyone's like, oh, it's these guys and it's this. I actually genuinely don't know a lot about them either because I want them to be alien, even to me. So that even when I'm trying to answer your questions, I, I would struggle. I don't want there to be any definitive answers for a lot of the stuff. Especially with that first dungeon that you were in. Because I wanted you to walk through it and be like... The same, the same feeling as if you were in an alien spaceship. Nothing cool. should have ever made sense. And it can't make sense. And it's almost impossible for you to find out. I'm um, satisfied with that, that answer. Thank for you. For that reason. So he... Um, I just imagined him on like the, the, the he's just in the walls he's on he's part of the gate and uh he's just been there for years he's part of the flava he's in everything and he uh he's shackled to it and he was he was just there um and uh yeah to 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 create a physical form of himself i figured would be really difficult for him to do and he wouldn't want to do it unless he really needed to ultimately he did have to do that and uh got his ass kicked <laughs> By Death Singer in round one. Um, so that's round kind one. of where I went with that. That okay. was kind of my plan with him there. And yeah, he just, he was working on feeling and, and echolocation or something. I don't know. Like, there's all different types of sight in D&D, and I wanted it to be like that. But yeah, mostly it's just alien magic that we don't understand anymore. You guys don't in this. The era of Lacrin that I'm working with is very different to the one from Eons. You know, that was the whole point. Let me see if I can find a question for you lot, because there's some good ones. There was one on YouTube that I thought was pretty good. Um, oh, man, the YouTube comments for the last episode broke my heart. Yeah, it was nice. Shout out to all of you on YouTube. The support on this is, is weird. Is weird for me to deal with. Um, I just, I, I'm, I would never expect anyone to give a crap about our silly little D&D game, you know? like, And everyone's like, I don't know how to live without it. And also, what the fuck was Hasmar? Um, to Brad and Tiger from Wandering Ignorance. Oh, yeah. Would 19 have died if he wouldn't have taken another pursuit? Um, because he died before he got his first pursuit. Um, would he have died if he hadn't taken another pursuit? At the end? Yeah, at the very end, I think. When he said yes and took it again. Um... No, he would. Oh, what? I mean, he would have died naturally, like everyone else would have died. Um, the thing with the Warforged is that when they become kindled, it's like the beginning of the last cycle of their life. Um, Nineteen was dying the entire campaign, kind of. You wake up. the The magic that holds them together is just like this borrowed life magic, um, and. Uh, they don't live too long. They're very, very much ripped off. I mean, sorry, borrowed, sorry, inspired from <clears throat> the um, the Black Mages in Final Fantasy IX. If anyone's played Final Fantasy IX, 
they have the black mages in that and they're used to we talked about war. that at the very beginning before we did the ep the show yeah um and uh they they are just brought kind of to life and some of them kind of wake up and go and start their own village right and i really love that and it's always stuck with me so that was kind of a huge inspiration for me on that but they're all kind of dying of natural causes now that life power that's holding them together was never supposed to be permanent they aren't supposed to be these immortal things they were just a means to an end um they were they were created to end the war and once they that no one really thought about what happens after that they were just like we need army we're losing and they managed to create these warforged and here they are once that war was won it was like well what do we do with them now well we still got a good army we'll just keep them around and then they start to wake up but actually that's them that life force is just kind of again i wanted it to be kind of messy because it's ancient magi magic kind of and it uh keeps them like it, they they live for a moment truly before they die out like they burn bright and then they and then they go so that was the uh that was the point of them and i was hinting that a lot especially when you met heavy tiger when you were speaking oh, yeah, to him yeah, yeah. from we were talking a lot about that yeah he was saying like do you feel achy or creaky or have you noticed that you're slowing down or anything and you were like no not at all and he was like oh right because he is one of the first that kindled and woke up um so he was saying that a lot for that reason it was my uh it was my hint to you um does the ring have any other consequences that didn't get revealed no re but okay but you run out of thought. it did do something else not did I, not if I died, did I get brought back once? Um, say that again. If I died with that ring on, did I get brought back to life once? No. Because I thought that might be what it was, because remember when we fought the orc, he, uh... Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, he was just so fucking strong, he wouldn't die. <laughs> he was just, he's just one of those, like, I'm so angry, I won't die yet type characters Game that balls. I wanted. I guess I just gave him two rounds, he just had the Dark Souls pips. Um, so you take Phase one two. out. He had a face yeah. too. Yeah. It's a JRPG. Um, he, uh, that was called the Ring of Infinite Intellect. It gave you a 20 inch, 16 whiz, and an 18 charisma. Bond. While bonded to the ring, you are able to cast Dominate Person on any other creature wearing the ring. The wearer must make the original save with disadvantage, and you may do this an infinite amount of times. That's right. You thought it was your ring. It was actually Death Singer's ring the whole time. He bonds to it, attunes to it, takes it off, and gives it to someone else. It's still your ring, the first person that wore it. Um, and uh, and then the second person that wears it thinks it's their ring. They still get the benefits of it. Um, but actually, the wearer of the ring can create a bond with the ring, allowing the wearer to remove it. The next wearer of the ring is granted the other effects of the ring while not being able to create the bond. Which is what happened to you. Um, so cool. However, one thing you didn't work out, or you didn't try, I don't think... Um, was the evil Kamehameha, which is what I called it, um, which the <laughs> the the, uh, the orc did to you um, on a recharge of six while wearing the oh, ring. Oh, shut The up. user can make an arcana check, and on a 15 or higher, which is pretty easy to do for, for a 20 whiz, uh, 20 int, um, on a 15 or higher, the user is able to cast a devastating line of necrotic damage, which is what the orc did to you a couple times. So you actually had like a big booming thing um, and uh yeah you, you i don't think you uh i think there was a point when i thought i think you were gonna do it at the end of the pre little second to last episode like the penultimate one and then uh you came up with some different ideas in that final fight 
So that's what that ring did. Um, it did have some other stuff, but the way it works is that it was uh, designed to be worn by one and then put to the other. It's not um, it's not a Magi ring or anything, though. It's just a normal ring, by the way. Um, and the the uh, the ice place that was in the um, one shot that you guys did, where you went to get the ring in the first place, was was not a place of power or anything. It was just a pretty normal. It's a just a ring that someone made and threw away or whatever. I, th I think that was what I wrote for it. Um, but it's all, uh, yeah, it's all it's all funky. It's got some strong stuff going on, but I think it was just a normal ring. I think. Um, so I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Um, I had a few ideas for how I wanted to handle Death Singer in general. Yeah. When I did that fight, I had like three things. One was the polymorph. The other was counter charm, which I was going to try and use like Eero thematically as being a bard encountering Death Singer. And if we would have like a fucking sing off or whatever. Shut which, up. Yeah, that would have been sick. One of the reasons why Eero never sung. Right. Um, which uh, that was going to kind of be my plan. Like if he started to do that, the, the death song if I would be able to do the counter charm to kind of like counteract it. Like if you were, I, I was wondering if you were going to allow me to do that. Mm, I'll be honest. The death song was a bullshit move that I knew was a bullshit move and was mm -hmm. just a bullshit DM move that I would never use on anything other than a one shot where I didn't care if your characters died or the last episode. Um, it really is just an ability that, forcibly puts characters that can that are near it that it, and like i didn't even give it a distance or anything i just mm -hmm. i choose who is suffering the effects of it um to yeah, go on to death saves gotcha. so but but within that i think i would definitely have uh if you had done that thing i think i would have allowed you to do something to try that just because of how i run the game mm -hmm. if you a lot of the time i do leave things open i think a lot of dms write like Specifically, this is how to counter the da -ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba, which is fine, and and also that's how, for the most part, most of the things in D and D work, like spells and stuff. And we we get into that, and I'm happy to do that kind of stuff too. But I also sometimes just go, blah blah blah. I hope they get out of it. <laughs> just fucking leave it, um, because I learned that lesson once by accident on Fractured Worlds, Tiger. If you remember when you guys were arrested, and you were all locked in the um the tiefling underground place <laughs> um i forgot to write down how you get out of that i just started the session and then i was like you guys are all chained to the walls and oh god i didn't write down how they get out i went how do you get out and, and that was it and you worked it out i think it was actually you because you were a goat and you were like oh my legs fit through the <laughs> the thing the the shackle or whatever and i think that was how you worked it out but i was like oh god but I learned a good lesson there. PB. Spoilers Thanks. over. Sorry. So yeah, okay. um, just I think if you had tried something, I would have probably rolled something or something like that. But there was there was no mechanics to the to the ability really. It was just bullshit because I knew it was bullshit and I. <laughs> but it works on everybody, right? <laughs> it so works the only on reason he, everything. I alive. saw this in the Discord. The only reason he did it or was able to do it is because 19 banished himself. Otherwise, we would have had a finale without the death song. I can't imagine that. Yeah, one of the things that I knew about it is that he can't pick who it affects. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't affect him. Um, but it, if anyone's near it, 
Origin, yeah, originally, originally, like, it was going to be if you could hear it, but actually, by the end, that wasn't the case for me. Um, and what are you laughing at? What have you done? You guys might want to take a look at Void Smokers art on this Twitter real quick. There's oh, a couple God. posts that you just made, and they're both really wonderful. Well, here we are, just pausing everything to go onto Twitter and look Very at Void Smoker once again. Very he did. It. He did one of the hero stories um, before. Oh yeah, I saw it. I'll uh, yeah. I'll try and and show them there'll be a point in it try and remember break. where the second picture is from like what it is oh no that's the the goliath and the dwarf getting married it's, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. okay yes. that's what i thought um tiger yes why did 19 go for the queen at all after how he reacted to her during his banishment uh, and also you, um i think that there's <laughs> just a, a slightly i think i can add to that um Yes, please. Because someone else asked just why you why you made that choice, I think. Um, what was 19's motivation in not going with the party in the end? Is his need for knowledge more important than the bond with the party? And while John. you answer, I will flip the other cameras around. What's up? Uh, welcome in. Oh, I just left and then came back in. Right? That should fix it? Yep. There yeah. we go. Carry on. Yes. So is the question basically why? Okay, so I just kind of preface this. So why did he make the choice to stay? And what was the other part of the question? Um, what was his motivation not going with the party in the end? And um, and why did he go for the queen at all after he reacted oh, like, to her during his banishment? Oh, as in like why? Okay, so like kind of like why did he want to go find her? I think just what no. was the motivations there at the end? Okay. Yeah. So you thinking, he didn't go at the party because he didn't go at the party. Realistically, he didn't go at the party because one thing that he realized you got to think about, like when he was out in space floating around, he had a lot of time to think. And he, you also have to remember like his relationship with the party where it was good with a couple people, his relationship with one person specifically Rin was not good. Um, it was not a good relationship for the most part. Um, it wasn't bad and he still cared about her, but there was a lot of, uh, distrust in between the two of them. Sexual frustration. And uh, entirely in, in, in retrospect too, he was connected with everybody heavily, but you also have to remember that he was pretty much banished to like a plane of existence where he was just floated for what felt like years to him probably. And when he came back, his big goal was I have the opportunity to come back. I'm going to use my life for what I want, not for what the party wants, not for what anybody else wants. So that's why, like, I remember some people in chat saying when he first hit down and like, everybody's like, holy shit, 19's back. Like the party was, he didn't give a shit about the party being there. He gave a shit about going up to the mountain and destroying everything that was, evil in that place he did not care about the people in the party it's just that he had the realization that he wasn't there for the party he was there to do what hasmal's bidding was and he realized that and he also realized that the reason so remember when he was like questioning if that was hasmal in his head the reason he was questioning if that's hasmal in his head is because he wasn't sure if it was dark fire or not yeah. and the reason he was worried about that was because he he found a trust in hasmal and because he had that trust in Hasmal, he trusted Hasmal way more than he did Rin. And he trusted Hasmal with his life. 
And because of that, he felt that the best thing he'd do with his life going forward and the rest of his life that he had, even though he had always consistently been some kind of slave or working for someone, he realized that working for someone like Hasmal that is so powerful is a good choice. Now, moving to the next part of that, he also, you have to remember that he just got that ring. That ring infinitely changed so many things about him. I mean, he became super intelligent. I mean, a 20 on in intelligence is insane. So him having a 20 in intelligence and being that smart put him in this position where <clears throat> he's thinking way more clear. He's realizing what is more important to him. He's realizing that Hasmal has these great powers that he can give 19. And... 19 definitely for sure because of that ring probably got a little bit of like an evil inclination on him you know so he's thinking power equals you know respect and all that kind of stuff too so he stays with Hasmal because he wants to be in that position where he can continue to live his life and continue to learn because he's curious also the reason he wanted to go after the queen was because he wanted to find out exactly what he was and why he was and who he was and all of that kind of stuff I'm trying to answer it as quick as i can so i don't take too much time i hope that kind of yeah that answer i think so you? i think so yeah um in the same i might as well just go down this list of questions um Ask john a question. john's in yeah, yeah just john, in time john, hello, did you John? i muted hi hey what's up i did get a haircut yeah a little, really little nice. bit ago thanks Thanks. You know, I'm no longer drift, so I decided to just change up my whole look. <laughs> and, uh, you know, reti I'm retired now. I yeah. just bought my thousand Tesla, yeah. so. Um, we're just Chill blitzing through Musk. questions. Um, yeah. And uh, one came in for you that says, how exactly did Drift survive as a child? Was he teleported away? Did he kill Ooh. the attackers through the first no, hour? No, he did nothing. Yeah. So when Drift was little, uh, he... Uh, he was about to die. He was about to get stabbed. And what had happened was he stabbed, uh, as he? he was about to be stabbed, he grabbed for his doll, this little doll that he had. And just as many kids do, they reach for their like their teddy bears or anything and say like, just like, help me, save me. But little did Drift know that l this little thing became his everything. And uh, it, it got him out of there. So it didn't teleport him. It just gave him like the willpower and the strength to get up, stop being scared. And uh, as he was about to be stabbed and he just watched his mom die and his dad die and like literally all his village, the village around him die, uh, he just got out of there. Like got up, uh, was about to get stabbed, rolled away from it, ran through, closed the door on one of their heads, get him, get him, jumped out of like, oh, like, a, like the doorway, like everyone coming around him, stop him, ran straight through the forest, knew the path like around his house and got out of there. I can help you, Drift. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, classic warlock, really. Um, yeah. And what I love is, like, Brad Brad did not let me get away with just being a chill. Like, I was just like, I want to be a warlock. That sounds fun. I hate warlocks and who just get to have power with no repercussions and aren't a haunted little, like, raven teen type like, character. No. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're gonna be haunted. You're gonna have all these weird, horrible situations through this thing where you but lose you didn't your really mind. Tell me you that. No. Like all, all we all we talked like I just told him I had this little doll. Like I just was like, that's something I want to bring with me. He's like, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, like we never chatted about that at all. So like when he made the drift doll, it made it like my thing, like that 
you know, had ever. It was just insane. It was so cool that Brad did that. I like to do that. Um, the next question is to Wack, but as your attorney, I'd say maybe because you've got some plans, you don't, you might not want to answer it. I don't know how you want to approach it, Wack. What's Eero's whole backstory with the Summer Queen, and why is he so afraid? Um. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of stuff I'm not going to answer about Eero um, in general because I'm I'm always a big fan of where people's minds go. Um, when they start to go down that rabbit hole, you know, when they start to think about, um, the possibilities of, of what went on, um, what I will say, um, is kind of like reemphasizing some stuff that was said during the campaign, which is, um, hero is the lover to the summer lady, not the summer queen. Technically yeah, her a couple mother. of people made that mistake to. Oh, the I didn't even realize that. The Summer Lady is the daughter to the Summer Queen. Um, Brad and I, and I, I, are you okay if I explain a little bit as to how we like thought up the Feywild stuff? Say whatever you Feywild. want. Okay. Um, Brad and I, he he basically came to me and he's like, listen, you're basically going to make up what's going on with the Fey here because of what you did. And I was like, okay. Um, and we both talked about some of the things that we like and we've seen with the Fey and whatnot. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Dresden Files in general. Um, I love the Dresden Files and um, uh, I love Patrick Rothfuss and the King Killer Chronicles. And we kind of we kind of took like a little bit of both of those uh, worlds um, when we when we thought up that stuff. And one of the things that really I find very like powerful and like understandable with the dresden files representation of the the fey courts is that neither is good and neither is bad um they are they're balanced like the summer court is very intense and passionate and emotional uh, sort of representative of summer um but it's also like scary intense you know what i mean like it's also overly passionate and like very reactionary and like very um very intense it's just very intense um and then the winter court always had this air of like cold rational thought which could come across as evil but not necessarily evil it's more like rational what are we gonna how how do we approach the situation in a rational way and it could just be like okay, we need to use these people as pawns. That's the that's the way that's the most rational. The least amount of people will die if we do it this way. You know, it's like that, that oh. like really... Is that, that where he learned his dominating kind of magic of controlling people and stuff? I don't think I want to get into that. Okay. All right. Um, I've dropped some hints as to Eero's feelings on that kind of thing, and I... And I think that uh, people will uh, have to judge for themselves. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I will say about when you guys w almost went into that forest, it would for sure, like, I mean, it's a forest, but also there are access points to the Feywilds in, in, in certain forests. It's more heightened than that one that you were heading towards. One of the things that I, I think I told you, PB, but I didn't tell anyone else was that 
whatever emotion your character was going to be feeling as you step through that gate was going to be like tenfold and it will be your driving emotion for the entire time you'd be in there it'd almost be like a flaw or a bond or an ideal one of these personality traits would suddenly be overwhelmed by whichever state you were in when you went in there um, what a disaster I just thought it'd be a really fun way and a twist on your characters at this point because we were quite late into the campaign. I wanted to do something different. Um, and it was based on that kind of thing. And and all I've sat and really thought about a lot more to do with the, the Feywilds and then we never really ran it. But I'm not saying I won't, but yeah. Um, next question. What happened to Olds? Can we have a short cutscene on him? No. But if we get enough likes on this... <laughs> YouTube video. If we get 4 billion likes, maybe we'll do something in the future. Um, everyone. I love that. This is going to be pretty quick. What would each of the party do after they got to their home? Do you think? I will not answer that. That's one thing Neither I, will think. I. <laughs> I think that should be left left open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I, I, I think like, you know, in a year or two, and there could be another campaign where we all come back. So, you know, <laughs> gotta wait. If all this right. gets six billion likes, if this gets six billion <laughs> likes on YouTube, it'll be coming out season, next summer. Isn't oh, it coming next summer? Um, Brad, why it's did a you, YouTube why? thing to do, dude? I know. <laughs> it's just like the impossible it's amount so of likes. I do it all the time. I, 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 I put like that a soul on. meter. Yeah. So that we oh my god. I think I put like if this YouTube gets a billion likes, I'll attack a man in a street. When I did one video once. <laughs> um, why did Drift become a human-sized man? Because uh, he wasn't really Drift. I kind of treated it a bit like in Dragon Ball when Piccolo would stop being Piccolo and he, he becomes the Namek and he just, he, he, they fuse into one person a lot and it changes them a little bit and, and physically it would have changed Drift. So when he took on the, the first or the first was back, the, he, Drift was his vessel. Um, was just but his body. Super powerful. And yeah, he just, it just boosted him. It just grew him. He just, he just was big. Um, and what it's now? crazy. Cause like, I feel like that, like, didn't mess up my character, but like messed up sort of like a lot of the feelings that I was feeling. Like towards the end, I wasn't as like, I must get vengeance for my family. It was, I was so messed up from every, the vessel taking over and me leaving it and like getting away and then turning into a bat. And like there's a whole other story, like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it lost that, like my innocence. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. 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 And, and sort of at the end, I got it back kind of, but never the same no i don't think you should be that's why you said when we like uh, you was like am i small again i was like no i don't think you are i think you need that yeah change like a yeah. scar almost like yeah. you learn from these things um and then to brad pb you said that everyone in death singers group was specialized in something what was each member's specialty was walter's bard that merchant with the mask um was that girl a substitute for rin uh, why did she get told about the plan or did she get involved last second and how long did that singer live in total and why is obsession so PB okay. kind of PB made a good portion of this campaign's driving story motivation in in well you, I think you fleshed out an idea I had and then um, yeah we we talked about it and I said I was interested in doing the you know redeemed cultist background and then it was just like spitballing and you're like oh this and that and then yeah, yeah. it was kind of hard to give you information and also 
hide the fact that I was going to be using it a lot more. Um, oh, you didn't tell me at all at first. You yeah. were like, okay, go write this thing. <laughs> and then I just happened to write you a fucking novel about well, I knew that it. I wanted to have... I was going to have multiple factions in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They ended up all being kind of controlled by one, even though there were still multiple factions. There was going to be the Praetorator, the Company of Masks, were the two main uh, antagonists. The two separate leaders as two separate villains throughout the entire thing. Um, I found it easier to condense it into one, simplify it, because D&D is hard to run and convey. A com it's not a movie where people can find metaphors and and twist things and i can put complex stories in i think simple stories are easier because it has to go from my brain to you via dice rolls and weird modulistic things and then to an audience separately who have to digest it so it's i think dnd is quite hard to digest if you over if you make it over complex some of you can probably do it i i definitely can't so i ended up condensing a lot of this stuff in and Praetorator became a lot stronger than I originally intended for them to be. Um, each of the people in the end didn't... Um, they each had their own thing. Um, Stifle, the guy with the mask, is somebody that I have a little more information on. Um, because he is... Uh, he is a, he's a merchant lord. Um, and, a, and a powerful member of the Lenadelian Council. And he is, uh, well, if you want to see him, listen to our MP3, The Silver City, because he is in it very early on. Um, and he's sitting up there. Um, you have Athena. She was, uh, she was just in charge of, she was like, I see, I, I tried to kind of, I tried to kind of see them as like a, a company, like a, like, I was like, well, who's in charge? And then who's doing what? Because Death Singer's strong and intelligent and stuff, but he's not doing everything. And also, I saw him as the type of person that would just disappear for years at a time, and because he had to train himself, or he'd he'd have to go get a time stamp and go back in time and fight you all and stuff like that. So he just had a lot of powerful people in powerful positions. Um, Athena was just in charge of the Praetorium movement in Roseguard. Um, Jaguar submitted Zahare, who was the half drow, as an NPC. The cannibal. <laughs> And I needed someone, when you first got to Roseguard, to be continually stalking Rin. Because there was just no way she was going to get away with it. And actually, I rolled at first. She, they didn't know you were there. But I, I remember know. rolling Everybody very early on. It was all planned. I loved that about what happened with Rin. That everyone was like, oh man, she's like this mastermind arranging all these things. And I'm like, dude, man, she's fucking on the run. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's on the run. And and when you first arrived, um, I think you just, you got caught by chance. I was rolling random. Yeah. I was rolling a lot of random shit. Well, the whole time you were in Roseguard for people looking out yeah. for you and, and the other group looking for 19. Um, and you got caught pretty early on. And also you bought some stuff that was like hot goods. That the Praetorator would be like, well, there's only one reason someone's buying Colwatt on our tab. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, that was pretty much what happened there. Um, yeah, I do. I did just pull up my notes uh, for the beginning of this. And I think it's really funny because you sent me your aeons ago during the Age of the Magi, like just your little bit, because I had asked you for information on the world and you sent me that. And my note just says, how cool would it be if there was a group of people that were trying to get those artifacts and bring this back? And I think that that just like that's where that hole came from. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. And then the Praetorator just became 
Well, they're, they're, I always, I wanted someone who, I wanted a cult that were interested in doing some sort of world ending bullshit, like bring back yeah. the Magi. And you came up with a cult that was really interested in ancient artifacts. And I was like, well, there they are. And I'll just, because I, lo I love integrating your characters into the main story. I think it's a fucking brilliant way to motivate the player coolest. characters. Yeah. By far. With your, with your story, if you're running something. I think that's like the most fun like type I of show and, to be I a part of. I try and do it like, to the best of my ability. It's kind of hard sometimes. It's like, do I really, <laughs> like, early on I was like, do I, I need to kind of figure out a way to forcibly send them to the Feywilds if I want Iro to have some hardcore hands-on backstory stuff. And the, the that's not the intention with D&D. You're not really supposed to run it that way. Your background is just a thing to inform your character. You're just like, I'm a cleric and that's why I have the acolyte background and that's it. But I like to, uh, I like to use it for as but much as I can. But is this newer for you, Brad? Because, like, Fractured Worlds wasn't as much like that at all. Oh, like, no, it wasn't. This... The way that I ran this is really differently. Um, yeah. But it, while I was doing Fractured Worlds, I, at the end of... Or during Guardians, I was also running a show called Dustvale, which was an experiment show where I was like, what happens if I spend one half of the campaign letting them do what they want to build their characters, to see what they do in any situation, in a complete sandbox, pretty much, with just a few little tidbits of story and narrative bullshit that I want to put in. And then the second half, I go, oh, there's the rail tracks. Now you're playing my game. Now you're on my story. Yeah. But you're going to do all of the things that I've planned, all the main story things, with the most informed characters ever. All of your decisions will make sense, and you're not just like, it says on my character sheet seven, so I, you know, like, you, you start you playing that probably. this show, too. Yeah, that's exactly I how like, I did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dustbowl was my experiment to test that. Yeah. And this one I went into on purpose. Although the thing with Fractured Worlds is it was supposed to be like a... It was a huge scale. So there's I mean, not much time for character development because you've got to travel around the whole of two worlds um, was my initial intention. So... <laughs> Look at it. So you, She's uh, back on watching it. <laughs> this is all right. So you, you do... You don't... You but you were, had to build your characters as you were already on the fucking train um, and going. Uh, so that's kind of how this one went, and I'm glad I did it that way. I think it actually ended up working out perfectly for this campaign. Um, I have a question for you. Go on in. Um, in the very beginning, and I don't think I want to talk about what it was that happened, but in the very beginning, you wanted my character in a certain like emotional state for the start of the campaign. And Wack and I were talking about this the other night, and we think it actually really shaped kind of how things went. Did you know what you were doing when you did that? Like, was there, did you have a specific reason why you wanted my character in that specific emotional and mental state? episode one because you specifically asked me for that you were like can we do this and i was like yeah okay what was it well can you, you asked it? for that all right yeah 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 if you um, don't want to say it yeah because my I, it was a long time ago and my brain is yeah <laughs> Ooh, the my, my brain can't out. remember <laughs> these don't worry these guys things. i'll let you know what they type going to the restroom quick damn it <laughs> was um, i don't i don't know if i if i if I intentionally expected that to have like, if I had like a string theory. Okay, okay. Where I was like, if it's this, this is the way it will go. Yeah. Um, that was one of the defining 
moments that shaped the relationships of the group. Yeah, I think so. that's why we were talking. We were like, Brad is a fucking mastermind. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if I'm honest, I can't remember very well. Is this like when you snapped the kobold's neck? And you were like, that was episode one, just... yeah. So I, I will just say he asked if I could be close, if I could have had something happen that day, that that morning, to cause me to be close to a psychotic break. I mean, I assume I had a like, reason for it, oh. but I don't know if I was, if I like, it's definitely not something I can remember now. That's really cool because yeah. that did shape it did, yeah. it did. Like, and... your like mm -hmm. being a little away from the group and yeah. me looking up to you hardcore and being like. This girl's crazy, but like, this, I need to like, she's my big sister, kind of like, she's gonna take care of me, mama. Like, yeah. like, Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, it's possible. Um, I remember when I first started this, the first like couple months of it, I was in yeah. a weird place IRL. I was like, okay. I was super, I was super not with it. Um, and uh, I was, I was struggling to run this in the beginning. N not, I really enjoyed it, and I was, and I had done a lot of prep that really helped me to to do it and i've been gming enough that i can kind of just do this with my eyes closed if i need to but the first uh the first couple of months of this were a bit weird for me because i was in a, a kind of a weird odd place i spoke about this to zakoticus on his podcast like the other day and uh there was a point where you were like hey brad this week's episode was really great you were like really on it yeah and i and like that was one of the first weeks where i felt kind of pretty normal mentally again and i was like ah oh. and then you were like it's been so great recently brad and i was like yeah because i'm not freaking out um all the time <laughs> um so weirdly enough but also i think it, it means that the beginning of this campaign because i was thinking a lot of these questions have been coming in and i've been thinking about it a lot yeah. and i'm like i don't really remember even writing this thing down or I, and then someone's like mm. oh the motivation for the bit but and i'm like i don't know I can't remember because I just, just I don't know if I did that. Yeah, you normally don't do don't, stuff yeah. like that. That's why I ask. And specifically, I remember being like, oh, you know, like, OK. And you said, no, no, you like you don't have to. But I think it might turn out to be pretty cool if you were. Maybe. I mean, that so sounds like I had a reason like, for yeah, it. You had a reason for it. But I so. can't remember it. But yeah. then I don't well, always. I think sometimes I have I'm very uh, like these next couple of episodes focused. And so when we get yeah. to the end of it, I'm like, I remember my overall plans really well. I know what I wanted Death Singer to be doing. I knew where the Paraterrator were moving. Yeah. I knew what the Orcs were doing this whole time. I've been desperate for you to move and do this and get the yeah. Orcs. But um, yeah, the little things to try and motivate you, I'm not too sure. We could go around this yeah. for days. Anyway, yep, yep. How long right. did Death Singer live in total and why his obsession? Um, I think he kind of explained that in the end. Um, he just... Uh, he His original story, he was, he was around like... I think... I think his he was around during the first king's reign um when rosegard was a little village um death thing is somewhere around 600 years old um which is very old for an elf especially in my setting uh, elves are supposed to live to about 500 i don't really have them do that i haven't I, I never really gave it like a hard you don't live to 500 as an elf but really they actually don't live that long um but he he was a scholar um he was a, a very intelligent young man and he befriended another very intelligent young man, Leotholdus, and the two of them just became very interested in what came before because they were just they they just were part of a, a society that was super fresh. And they were like, Well, what came before us? And they looked into it and they worked it out and they started writing books together. 
Um, and he was already into it. And he just he was just obsessed be beforehand in a very healthy way with what these Magi were like. What were their powers? What could they do? Like, um, so you all are. Half of you people asking me questions in Discord like, well, uh, would the Magi, would they do it? And I'm like, I don't know, man. But you're all interested in them. And so was he. And it was so cool that you were all interested in what eons ago. What were the Magi doing? What was this? Because I'm like, you're all Death Singer. All of you. You're all little Death Singers waiting to be told by someone else. All you need is someone to go, oh, I can grant your wish for the thing. Darkfire wanted to give him give him the opportunity to meet a Magi, to see the extent of what their world was like. And he just became more and more obsessed. And then one of the other reasons is that they killed him. Um, and that, I think, I think that twisted him. The way I see it is he kind of, he, he almost has his own sort of PTSD. Um, he suffered a, a, a terrible trauma when he was very young, just after he'd discovered all of these things, just before um, it all went, um, but just after he got his pursuit, you lot kill him in the snow. And it's a, and it's a, it was a tough time for him. Oh my and, god, that was And then so he was good. left, he was left in a desert for a year to fix himself and to work out what he wanted to do. And he was like, and he just set himself on this task. And that's how I see him. He spent one year where he was like, I am going to become the person that does this thing. Um, so there you go. That's, that's how I saw him the entire time. I have a good question. Yeah. What would have happened if we would have killed him? You know how he was at one HP? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. He was like one HP or some shit? What would have happened? You couldn't. That's a simple answer. Uh, yeah. one, one HP was how you was, you did kill him. Um, one HP was the minimum. It triggered the next thing. Yeah. It triggered the event. Yeah, okay. The, the thing with time is Thank that... You. He, yeah, it's you too, can't change it. It's too fucky. And... As much as I love time travel, personally, I'm a big fan of it and I would love to run something that was just time travel stuff. It's very hard to do in D&D because yeah. there's too many variables. It's it's hard to write as a screenplay or a book or something without leaving endless plot holes and, and, and paradoxes. So with that, I knew that the way that you defeat... You either defeat him down to activate cutscene final fantasy style where he basically it was when he when you get him to like minus 10 hp his next thing is to do the time stop spell and then fuck off because you can't do shit against time stop pretty much apart from a counter spell and i don't think you had it what level is that it's an old nine isn't it it's a it's fucking yeah it's a it's his <coughs> his big bullshit move he actually doesn't have that as a spell that was actually part of the uh the time travel bullshit yet going on. Um, so you did win. Um, there was only a win option and a lose option, and you activated the win option. Um, and then the lose option was that you all die. sort of slit his throat too. Yeah, I mean, I knew that it would. Be, I, I, you kicked the fuck out of him. I thought he was gonna. <laughs> I thought he was gonna run you over. Um, and yeah, you just, you just ruined him. But yeah, there's times when I'm like, well. I'm not I'm not a fan of doing it as a DM, but there are times when I'm like, there's just nothing. It will ruin the entire campaign if I try and come up with a paradox here and try and deal with it. Um, there, I'm sure there are ways around it and people more intelligent than me can do it, but I knew that that was the win condition. Um, Whack from Piranha Plant, our head inquisitor who basically guessed all of these things that we're answering questions for. You said Eero... <laughs> 
<laughs> you said Eero has been one of your favorite characters to play. How has he been different than other characters you've played before? Um, I think uh, a lot of it is mechanics. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a combination of mechanics for the bard in general, as well as um, empathizing with a lot of the way that I played Eero. Um, I guess the, like a lot of the characters that I made through the years all have like little parts of my personality kind of peppered through them. But I think that Eero probably had the closest to my, a, a lot of my personality in general. Um, uh, a bit more confident, a bit more confident in his body and like a little bit more flamboyant than me. But uh, yeah, I think in general, he had a lot of the traits um, that I that I think I have, um, and um, I don't know. It was just it, it was a different character to play. I went from a, a non-violent perspective with the character, um, so it was just like, okay, how am I going to get out of this fight? Was how I generally started any situation with Eero. Like, if he was about to get into a fight, how am I going to get out of it? Awesome. Um, how does it feel sitting in the passenger seat for once in a longer-running campaign? Good. <laughs> um, I mean, you're I mean, predominantly I, known as a GM. Yeah, Even I mean, before it's... you were on Table Story, you were running your own Is this the longest constantly. you've been in a passenger seat? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I mean, one of the reasons I became a DM was because, and this isn't really to poo poo the DMs that I had, um, because some of them are, are great people and whatnot, but they were, I think like I, I'm such, I'm such like a control freak that I have to kind of run things the way that I want to run them. And if I see poo people doing like, their own way of DMing and it's not really my thing, then I just kind of like get, I, I got to do it this way. You know, I'm fucking, nobody's going to do it. I, I better do it. You know, like I get into that mindset. So I've just been a DM so much um, because I wanted to run things a certain way because I'm a control freak. And I feel like a lot of the good DMs are, it's just like yeah. you have this really specific way that you want to do things. And, and how um, many times you can be honest, did you want to strangle me? As you being the DM? Yeah. None. None. Right. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That, it, you passed. Uh, I mean, the are there like, are there situations where I would have done stuff differently? Yeah, probably. But like, I'm, I'm, there wasn't a time where I was just like, fuck you, Brad. Like, <laughs> I would, like, you know me. I would tell you. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I knew there was I no like, know. fuck you times. Um, there was a point where, when Eero was dead. When I was looking at him, like he he's gonna he's gonna kill me. I remember me. after that episode. Yeah, but um, he's like, I hate when DMs just you kill you kill and don't you. give you a chance, like no option. Like yeah, I, I it was it was a purposeful misdirection and a lot of bullshit. Um, I talked to Brad after that though, and I was like, I knew you were gonna do something. I was like, I'm I'm also very patient, so yeah. like I will just wait to make sure before I blow up that I it is justified in my head like yeah. <clears throat> okay. we uh, yeah I think, yeah we just hold it back <laughs> uh 
Um, John. Yeah. Was there any aspect of drift that you felt you didn't get to explore or dive deeper into? These are still from Piranha Planet from someone else. I'll shout it out. You know what? I think for me, what I want to get better at in my next D&D um, is it wasn't drift. It was like John, me and my time and like spending time on, you know, I felt like the character was good. Everything was good. I love drift. But I felt like I didn't choose some of the correct options as far as like playing him because I do feel like Drift sort of fell off. You know, I felt like there I wasn't comboing him correctly. Like, I, oh, you, you mean know. in the character sheet? Because there, there were people yeah, discussing yeah. that in the uh, in I the know, I thing saw all those day. discussions. Yeah. Like choosing Hexblade Warlock, but then there was apparently some um, what's it called? Uh, not spells, but cantrips that I could have. Well, the invocations as well. The way you mm -hmm. took. Most people take Agonizing Blast, which means that you add a Charisma bonus to your Eldritch Blast. Yeah. Um, whereas you took the yes. push and pull options, both of them. The push and pull options. Which and then were very I, useful in several situations, it honestly. It was super fun. And I knew I wanted to do like that Scorpion type thing or the push. Uh, but I feel like Drift, like the only thing like I would have loved to have like gone on and done is like, like for, I don't even know if I ever said it, but like Drift was raised by gnomes. He was never, he was adopted. Yeah, he was never, he never knew his real family. He, he said it a few he just, times. He was, yeah, I might have said it. So he was raised by gnomes. So I would have loved to, like, Leslie and Otto were his parents' names. And, like, I would have loved to have talked about that a little more or, like, just, you know, like, talked about just his, his experiences with the gnomes. Yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, that, because that's what he know. And, and and never, I don't think even once, um, actually I brought him up, but I never said his name. Uh, Fibu is my gnome, he was like my sensei. He was yeah. my everything. He's the one who taught me how to fight and trained me and like taught me everything in this gnome village. Uh, so Brad and I had talked about maybe like leaving him alive. So if I ever ran into him or something, it would be yeah. really cool. But that, that was one thing I would have really liked to have seen. Yeah, I think the the, backstory that we explored with you was with the first and not with your IRL exactly. stuff yeah um, which I love which I think yeah is it's so much easier for me to get in <laughs> better for me different for me yeah you know it's like very easy to go like the Hallmark Channel lifetime movie about my family and what I had to endure and stuff like that but like doing this side was way cooler um, um what was going through Drift's mind when he realized he himself set his own awakening in motion by calling out to the first after drinking the dragon blood in the frozen wastes? Holy shit, what? Say it again. You, in the past, in the snow, yeah. drank the blood of the dragon mm -hmm. and then activated the first who was at that point in Dark Vale. It's like a two continents over. And he sensed you. And he sensed... He, well, he sensed himself. And he didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. In you. And he was like, I'm coming to find you. Ready you ready for this? You ready for this? I just realized that right now. because <laughs> oh, That's me. That's me as a person. Holy shit. That's amazing. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. That's what happened. That was the you, one, that's like, amazing. He, time paradoxy thing that I lost my shit over. I yeah. was like... What? When did we talk about this? <laughs> Yeah. What do you think he was calling? He was calling you up like, "Yo, yeah. who are well, you?" I remember, he called me, but I didn't remember that happened right after I drank that blood of I think the dragon. You, yeah, you, and he was like, "Who yeah, are yeah. you?" And you were yeah. like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. I thought you were just role playing it out because time. No, dude, listen. We were the thing. Time. John, like me, I'm very 
I'm not okay. I'm very street smart, but such book like I'm just like not. I'm not illiterate, but like I'm just like I don't oh, I know that. go that mm. extra. I'm a very like what's up like a lot of charisma, but not a lot of intelligence. Like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. So, yeah, I know exactly damn, what you that's mean. Awesome. Um, I've just watched a lot of TV. Um, oh, there you go. That's, that's there, nothing. So nothing. Cool. Nothing was going through your <laughs> yeah. mind. So you. Saved your own life in a way. Yeah, yeah you because said I drank him after and you. What happens yeah. if I didn't drink the dragon blood? Yeah, see, what ifs? Yeah. Um, and there's the paradox. Tiger. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, let's see. Uh, brrr, given that 19 and olds, uh, oldest were shards of you in a way, did you get to walk in their shoes long enough to get a favorite? Mm. Is this just is this just Sophie's choice here? You know, I think I really genuinely like both of them evenly. Even though I played oldest for a short period of time, I really loved that character. He, I mean, asked Brad about some of the backstory we worked up for him with uh, his family and stuff like that. Like, oh my God, like the backstory we worked up with his family in Lenendale and like all that shit was so beautiful. They were both respectively really, so 19 didn't really know his past, right? Oldest yeah. did. Yeah. Which allows me to really enjoy both characters. You have the mystery of 19, you have the knowledge of oldest, but you have them. I mean, they were very separate characters, too. Like, they were mm -hmm. very different. Mm -hmm. Like, 19 I, and oldest were nowhere near the same character. I remember. Which like, was something that was really important for me. Just to bring this up, Tiger, if you're cool with it, but like, mm -hmm. Tiger called me and was so. Because. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell this, Brad, Tiger? Is this okay? I don't know what right. you're telling. I, I Brad gave decision. Tiger the option. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell. To me. bring oldest back or 19. Yeah. And Tiger chose. And, like, he called me and was, like, not distraught, but just, like, I don't know what to do. That's I tough. don't know. I'm loving oldest so much. Like I'm enjoying him. And like, he's like just starting to like get his foot in the door. He's starting to break through some of these characters and like, but like 19's like this, like has already created this like feeling that I, I think a lot of people like hundred percent for the people watching. for the people. Yeah. yeah. So yep. And I that's what I was saying. I mean, choosing 19 was dope. I, I would have chose him potentially either way, but it was 50, 50, both. I'm not lying. You can ask Brad. I asked Brad if I could play both characters. I'm not. He went. Now. He went back and forth for days, and I was like, I, I hate to push you on this, Tiger, but I have to get the overlay and stuff sorted out. You have to pick yeah, one, yeah. and I have to plan for which one it is so I can justify how they get in. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll get you an answer, and then and then he'd go for another existential crisis. Like, I don't know which one to get. And then yeah, I think you went. It it was tough. It was and uh, obviously it was. Uh, so it's, hard it, it is hard it to, especially when you're not choice. finished with a character and you have to potentially let go of one um Lyle. sorry I yeah mean, run, just came out in the long yeah. run i think i made a good choice i think both would have been fine i think bringing oldest would have been great i think bringing 19 would have been great i just think that the majority of the fans that watch the show would have much rather seen 19 back and i agree as much I as think this is for us you know like this is for us we're playing dnd together and having fun I also, this is a show. This is a show that we are producing for you, that we are making for you, and that we are enjoying ourselves. But there is also choices like that that come in to make me go, okay, well, what would what would the fans of this show like to see more? Would they like to see more of Oldest, or would they like to see more of 19? Most people are going to say both, but, yeah, but in retrospect, more people are going to want the character that they saw from the beginning. Took and I just felt like 19 could 
do his character arc. Someone you said get it in more the chat. Closer, like, kinda, oldest yeah. was like there wasn't time. I felt like there wasn't for oldest to like really develop and you get to know everything about him and fall in love with him or the hate whole, him. Like the whole thing we did. I mean, there the was beginning. no time. There was no time. The whole point yeah, it was already, we were already home. on our like music starting to blare and like, you were in the end game. You were, were you, were, you were really in those, yeah. Again, it was my half of the game. I see it. I see I, yeah. like, you guys have a half where you are sandboxed in my half. Not where I'm telling you what you do and there's no script or mm -hmm. nothing, but it was like I'm, I'm, I was pushing you towards my narrative or you were gone you, you were on that train so it was it's hard to explore a character and that's kind of what we said earlier on plus who knows maybe you'll see all this again yeah soon. maybe you will maybe you'll see 19 again oh someday. you won't he's unfortunately he was eaten by a white dragon um <laughs> he wasn't, i don't know that's how i have no idea what happened to him um <laughs> there's so many questions that are like what happened to and i'm like i don't know i don't know either because we will never know maybe it's just the end of the game john and tiger um, I almost don't want to ask this question. How much would you say Brad has improved as a GM given you've both played under him before? Worse. Yeah. Way worse. Way worse. Yeah. Down, downhill. Uh, no, like I was, I, like I was saying, I didn't see what he was talking about the Fracture World. I, I felt by the end of Fracture Worlds, I was like, I'm glad the show's over. It was really long, but really good. But like, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I wanted it to end a couple months earlier. Like, it it, it felt like it was dragging on a little. But yeah. this, dude, this show, I'm like, I want to play more. Like, let's keep going. But, like, Brad was like, no. Nah. Like, it just end episode 49, 50. Like, it's, it was perfect. I don't know. He's getting better and better, and it freaks me out. Brad's very really, good. He's, he's so good. He's a bit of a narcissist, so he doesn't think he's good at anything. But he's very, 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 very good at GMing. And I would say between Fractured Worlds and now, and without getting his head bigger than it already can't get because it can't get big because he's a narcissist, is that... Uh, <laughs> You're talking about Brad? Yeah. Um, he's good at what he does. He's enjoyable. Yeah, but he's he doesn't nerd. know how good he is. No, I think he knows how good he is. I think he's just won't admit it because it's hard for his brain uh, here's, to it. here's something that I, I i actually spoke to zakatakus again the other day about the weird thing about gming is that i don't see anything when i'm playing i can see chat and i can get feedback and i can kind of speak to the other players and stuff but when i'm gming i don't really see anything because i'm spinning too many plates so i come out of a lot of episodes with complete imposter syndrome like i i that was awful and everyone's like that was the best man i'm like i don't remember what happened and I'm like, oh God, what have I done? Like, I, I, I don't really know. Um, and again, I just, I don't feel like I do anything amazing. I, I truly think that like, if you, if you just gave me four people who sucked at being players, then I, would, I wouldn't be able to like lift them up to that point. Like, it's like, it, I see it completely as a team effort. Like this show was not good because of me at all in my head i'm like i barely did anything I, I feel like all i did was just facilitate you guys through something that you did and i was there like yeah there's a there's a thing over there and oh you need this stick for that and there's that thing and i'm just a lens for I that kind of thing that, yeah. so i don't i don't always but I like that like that's what i mean like for me like i love the idea of a, a gm or a dm who who is Whatever happens, happens. If I want to jump off a ledge in that moment, I can do it. If I want to go down, like, 
there's a lot of i feel like i see a lot of gms who they're so they want their story told exactly how they worked so hard so many hours 20 30 40 50 hours brad if i decide not to go down that hallway that he put 10 hours in and i just jump over to the side down this no problem it's not even like a, a motion of like well, are you are you sure, guys? Like, because like, really, you really, you know, yeah, you think still about land this. in the I other corridor. Like, okay, great. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so you jump on the side and the campaign, and he'd be like, "I don't care, do whatever it's you want." So cool, and that like for a, a player is like the coolest feeling in the world because yeah, you I really do feel like you're in. I think there's only two times I did that in this whole campaign, and one of them was just when you couldn't really kill Deathsinger because it would create too much a paradox that would potentially ruin the whole thing anyway. And the other one was just the final episode where I was like, yeah, the death song and there's all these kind of versions of an ending. But like, that was it really. I don't... That, I feel but like I there was a lot of... I still yeah, even I in the end was... Way, yeah. I, I thought that like, when... Oh. I was worried that when you, uh, when you failed your pursuit and lost the braces, you wouldn't do anything... That I wanted you to do, and you'd just go and do something else, and we'd end up doing like Rose Guard Part Two, where you just go and fuck around. <laughs> um, I was like, "This is what's going to happen. They're not going to do the thing." Like saving the world. And like in the corner, the world is going to end, and you guys would all be knocking about, hunting down Teltral Blood Grip. Um, I think. Um, I think that's a really interesting point in general that a lot of GMs and DMs have issues with that um, letting go of you know their one hundred percent stay true to the story kind of philosophy um because it's a group story it's not just one person's story it's a group story um and i think one of the reasons that gms are good at that that are like able to just kind of say okay even though i made this cool stuff uh you know they're not using it um is because they love the process of creation. They actually just love to make that stuff. That in, in itself is an extremely fun aspect of this process. I myself, I fucking love doing that shit. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, one of my favorite parts of the campaign is like before it even starts, where it's just like, Oh my God, I have so many ideas. Blah, 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 blah. Like, and I'll create all these ideas or like somebody has this crazy backstory thing that they want to work on. And we go down that route, you know, like it's just, it's this. And that's why I know I don't want to be a GM. Truly. I don't <laughs> care about that. I don't even, I love improv. I love on top being on, just thinking on top of my head, but like, I don't like planning anything. Like I don't want to, Think you can, about you can what kind of GM there's in that games for that, by the way, space. John. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Really could I'll do. play those. I'll GM those. <laughs> a lot of the apocalypse world stuff. I think. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. A lot of people approach it differently, and I, I kind of try and approach each game differently. I know that I have the meme where I just rip off a new Final Fantasy every time, which is generally kind of still true with every campaign <laughs> ever. Um, but I still kind of approach it differently to the best of my ability. Um. You're probably going to see that with Dying Order because I feel like I'm just undoing all of the like, everyone's like, Darkfire was like the perfect way to GM a campaign. I'm like, yep, and I'm going to try and remove all those foundations and structures and lessons that I've learned and do something different. Um, kinda, we'll see. But I think, um, yeah, like for me, I am very much like that. I like my story. I have that control issue and I like to tell it and 
I still had a story in here and I, I managed to do my part, play my character, which was my story. And you're always playing in my world, which is my other character, kind of. And, um, but like, I don't, I don't put too much stock into my story anymore. Um, it, it, right, it's fucking great. I feel like I go in there with, and I'm like, there's not enough here. Um, but then I also know that you guys can fill the blank areas. You can fill the rest of it out with your stories and what you do. And half of the story is just the journey. More than half, actually. I think probably about 75% of it is just the journey and what happens in all the moments between my little, oh, here's a book to read that gives you some of the story or here's a final boss fight in a thing. I don't know how much of this game was even my story. It was it was motivated by it a lot. Um, but I, I don't care about it anymore that much. I'm yeah. way more interested in the journey. But it, I'm also just like, I feel like sometimes if uh, if it doesn't have a central main story arc to follow... It's just kind of all over the place and it's it's no fun to watch either, I think, from a show perspective. I think it needs to have a central driving story. So that is all I think about. I really only think of the beginning and the end. In the middle, I'm like, eh, let's see where they go. They're going to go left or right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I haven't improved at all. All right. Let's see. PB. Yes. Piranha Plant says, oddly enough, I've learned most of, of Rin, even though she's been perceived as the most secretive. Um, but is there a fragment of her character still unknown to us that might be a shocker Ooh. yes oh come on pv give us something Mm-mm. oh come on All right. a little can we get like just something that will make piranha like ooh, like just start like give him a little zap okay oh yes okay i can i can tell you something <gasps> got you i got you uh, piranha, i got you homie I can tell you a little bit about Rin, like the name Rin, Honor Stone, is actually a mark that Rin had in Green Hill. That's it. Um, Last one to everyone. Did any of you know that you all had powerful blood lineage when the first dropped the bomb? No, not a clue. Nope. Includes 19. Mm. No. <laughs> there you go. Um, Noodle Leith asked the question, what was the monkey thing that they found in the snow that wasn't actually a monkey? I know he really wants this one answered. It was a Pokemon monkey. <laughs> it was a Pokemon monkey. It was a monkey spelt with a U with an umlaut. Um, honestly, my original intention was that it was a baby yeti. But I don't think it is anymore. Like <laughs> that's the thing with DD is like I will I will write stuff down with things, but that was my I'll original. tell you what that what that was. That was Brad not able to find a list of stuff to like pick from in like that specific moment. And it's the first fucking thing that popped into well, his head. Well, I think so if I remember correctly, um a Yeti was one of the random encounter things. And that's, I think, maybe where I got it from. Like, there was a, it was possible for you to encounter a Yeti. Instead, you guys rolled for two dragons, basically. That's what happened there. It was insane. Um, but on my random encounter list, I think there was a Yeti. And yeah, I mean, it probably was somewhere in there where I just went, yeah, there's a baby Yeti in front of you. Because, you know, it all seems like I've planned everything. But a, a good GM would never plan 100% of their thing. And nope. I just 
just go, yeah, there's a in front of you, there's a monkey. And then that's that's what's happening now. And even I'm like, oh, God, why did I say that? I would say on a scale of one to ten, Brad, I would say it would be a nine. But if we would have ran into those Cyclopses, the three of them earlier. Oh, God, oh God we would have died. I think the game, I think we would have died. Remember yeah, I mean, I I put stuff in there now that you aren't Remember supposed we to be plane? able to defeat. We yeah, there, the there was um, there was like just before you got to Rose Guy. Oh, up, up yeah. Him, there oh, is going back. There is stuff Rose in there that here's Wait. the difference between Fractured Worlds and this is that um, in Fractured Worlds you were scaling Final Fantasy style, so. The game scaled with you so that everything was defeatable, defeatable by you. My, in my head, I was like, well, it's how you defeat it, how you approach the things. Some things were really fucking hard. Some things... Do you remember the, the, the fight? There was an elemental-based fight, just to not spoil anything, where you guys never... You just couldn't work it out because it wasn't, you know, like a thing that you could do. And oh, that was crazy. It was how, and how you do it. Now, I don't do that. It's completely different now. So I will put shit in front of a group that they cannot defeat by just hacking away at it because I want you to think around if they were next to you and you definitely cannot win how else can you get out of it you have so many more tools at your disposable uh, at your disposal in the in the game you just keep on running than just being able to eldritch blast and cast spells and and fight and stab things you should you, you are also able to use all of your other skills and should be able to use all your other skills to do other things so I put stuff in that you cannot defeat sometimes with the intention of you figuring out another way out of it. The dragon was not one, by the way. That mummy dragon, if you had all three of you just gone, fuck it, and just fought, fought it, to I think you could have burst though, it down. To be fair, though, we were in a situation where we couldn't really see it, we couldn't see each other, and it attacked me first. Yeah. Which was kind of like a trifecta of bad. Yeah. Like... Most of these situations that we got into as a party, if I go down, like yeah, that fucked. was so bad for the group, and it mm -hmm. was usually like a okay, we lose kind of moment. Unless with the dragon, um, I was like, oh, this is bad because I, I randomly rolled for a blizzard, and then and then you randomly rolled a d4 or something to head north. I thought it was its lair, honestly, just considering it was. I, I, I can't remember, but I just know that it was like three bad rolls, and I was like, uh oh, well, now I'm going to have to be the asshole who puts a giant dragon in front of them. But technically, I honestly, I don't think you guys would, in the back of my head, and this is the GM back of my head, when I'm a player, I don't ever think like this either, but the GM part of me was like, well, they are dragon slayers. They know how to defeat a dragon now, in character, so it wouldn't feel like meta. You spread out, and you burst the thing down. And that's how you defeat a dragon, really, in D&D. Because it, you stand together, you're fucked. The breath weapon is way too strong. Yeah. And, uh, but you didn't. The lack you know, of sight was what really was hurt us. But it was tense as well. Like, the other side of me is like, well, it's intense. And that, that sometimes is needed, even if it's not enjoyable. I just love that there, like, just running. <laughs> like, that's the last it's you see of yeah. It's such kind a, of like, awesome, yeah. Character, like, such a good character who, like, we're getting to know, and, like, it just <laughs> ran. And we have no idea what happened after that. Can I say something about that, though? Yeah. Oh, my God. Without giving too much away, even though there's not really much to give away, is, like, thing that a lot of people, I don't think, realize with him running is, like, firstly, the first encounters with you guys with him were awful. He was treated like Holy. shit. 
But it makes whose fault was that? (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Is like it makes sense though, right? So like to him, he's just like there's a huge fucking dragon about to eat all of us, and I have the opportunity to get the fuck away. Like oh, he owed no one in that party anything. Yeah, nah, he was done. Yeah, Yeah. no one. It's uh, yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to role play because I think a lot of D and D groups don't always justify their decisions on what their character would do they go because i think a lot of people play D like they're playing um um uh, what's that game you love XCOM. you know they look at the grid and they go well what can my character do here the best way to min max this situation we all almost all of our campaigns on table story are very character driven which is sometimes difficult and i'm not sure if it's really calculated into the balance of D 5e generally that every decision will be made in character and not made with any sort of out of character tactical planning. Um, we very rarely yeah. do that, which does increase, I think, a lot the um, the 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 encounter danger for a lot of these encounters. Um, I generally find that I make you guys stronger than you should be, and then when you die, it's your fault. <laughs> I'm like, well, you had a Buster Sword. And and you you have vampire powers and extra pyromancy skills or whatever, and I'm I'm like I feel like I'm okay to just throw shit at you, um, but that one was definitely hard the 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 dragon, um, but that one also I was like well I rolled for all this shit, and that makes me feel less guilty when it eats you all. I also kind of knew you had a one up, you know. You know you know what you know what else is kind of great just getting this out there is that. There was not enough time for people to really understand who Oldest was. So, like, somebody yeah. in the chat said, uh, but he said he would he would fight for the whole group. Is Oldest a liar? Yeah. <laughs> like, Truly. Um, the uh, next... So, there's a couple of questions that I don't want to answer. Several people asked me about what would happen if Drift had met with Muriel. Um, I'm so curious about yeah, that. Who is Muriel? Like uh, stuff like that. Um, I think the only thing I'll tell you about if Drift would have met with Muriel is that it would have brought forward a lot, a lot of the revelations that I think we got anyway. Um, just to do with like who the first is and and things like that. Um, she is, she is not a warlock like you are. I'm very curious who the first is. Um, but she, she exists on his power as well to a degree. Um, and so did Walter the Red. He was a wall, he was a warlock just like you were. Um, you were the, you were unknowing rivals. So would he have tried to kill me if he got me down on there? Walter? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Oh my God. There can be only one. Really interesting. There can be Um, only one. Um, but, but Muriel was not, Muriel was not in that rivalry. Um, she was more of a PA. Um, And uh, yeah, that's how that's that was the holy shit. So, Brad, if I just for fun, you don't have to say yes or no. But if I didn't, if I chose not to kill Walter, Mm. would he have still came after me? Because there could be only one. I don't think directly immediately. I think he would have been in that fight at the end. He would have been one of the. Oh, my God. One of the guys there. Yeah. Thank you for for making it easier for us. Raiden asked, um, that was from Sithis. Um, Raiden asked, how is the scribe of time chosen? I'm not going to tell you. Um, How exactly did the first come to be? Is he just an old vampire? No. 
which makes him the first. I feel like he's slightly homebrewed. He is very homebrewed. Um, and uh, does it make him Kane like the first vampire? No, he's not a vampire. Um, he is not a vampire. That's uh, not what he is. The vampires don't exist. Um, uh, there was a point where it was almost Drift was almost the first ever vampire. Yeah. Um, but I guess he's not. I would have gotten that. Yeah. And uh, we spoke about it a little offline, how cool that would be as a situation. But again, it I, I like to Didn't see how out. things work Didn't out. out Improv in the roleplay. Someone else becomes like the first still exists. You didn't kill him. You didn't. He's he's not gone anywhere. All you did was purge him from drift. Um, and at some point along the way, something happens to do with the first and maybe another patron or something like that that creates the first vampire. And then later on, I ran another show called Dustvale, and a lot of people have drawn conclusions, and I'm not going to say anything spoilery about that, but there are vampires in that, um, and they exist in the world at that time, and Dustvale is set a thousand years after Darkfire is, and uh, so so the, the first still either gets his wish or does something to create vampires in the And also uh, the what future. you never truly know, and I thought about this a lot is when it was over, is we're all... You know, Rin, me, uh, you know, Drift, uh, Eero, all of us are still together. And we had much more time together to become a family and to just really many more adventures. And I always had like this thought of like, what if right when I got to where I was, I walk in and there's the Drift doll, like just sitting there. Like it's not over. Like what if there's more opportunities that the first wants to connect with Drift again? Because I'm still his one, even though a god set me free from that or like whatever and what does that even mean what does that mean really yeah, what did he do mean? anything there's like, no he maybe I don't... got me out of that moment but yeah. not like, my pack and really prefer so i was like oh shit what I, is? Don't, I don't know i don't yeah. know yeah. either yeah. Yeah. I don't so and I, I don't know if we'll ever know but that one that thing is there one thing I, I i do i feel like is just something random that i thought of the other day um when i gave when I was giving everybody sort of like their final introductions, I love that. My um, favorite one. Oh, God, so I good. gave, I gave Drift one that was Shadow Sword, and I realized like he doesn't have his powers anymore. Um, Eero probably would have thought of that like after the fact, and would have probably bought you a like a black sword right. or something along those awesome. lines. Yeah. Um, um, I, I imagine well, that Drift just is... that I loved you bought me a Grissom. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Drift, Drift I, is I, like I a... That been, I, thought that have, I thought that would have sealed the deal with you coming with us. <laughs> nah, but <laughs> it seals the deal for fucking him doing a lot of cool shit. Drift yeah, is like yeah. a level 8 fighter now or something, probably. You know, that's what he, oh, that's what he would have... That's what he'd end up being. Um, mm-hmm. Ricardo asked... Um, what would the party have found if they went to the mountains in the in the in the snow? Uh, you would have mm-hmm. encountered Hasmol, and you would have found past Hasmol and gone into the Gate of Fire in the past, and he would have been like, "What the mm-hmm. fuck is going on?" And then, oh, that's so cool. He would have, and then together you might have figured out a way. Oh, that would have been a lot future. of Hasmol's place. We would have been in there for a while. Yeah, and I think yeah. I would have preferred the, the forest. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. if we were gonna, and go that's where we were going. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. would have had a whole other, like whole other thing going on. We're all very sad that we died. Yeah, there <laughs> are there are only a couple of ways that you can bounce around time, but it is possible. Um, and uh, did Walter make a make a bargain for power with the first? Um, yeah, he had a very very similar oh, yeah. to um, story to uh, to drift. It was uh, 
the same thing. And I think I said it in the in the game somewhere that he had a, he had like a caravan that his family were traveling with, and they got hit by it during the war. They got hit, and um, uh, his uh, his family were killed by in, invading Alexandrians, the the enemy. And um, in that time, he he called out and asked for help as well, and something answered. So it was a very similar story, I think. Um, yeah, Walter and Drift are just very different. W Walter is is way more like pompous egotistical and narcissistic and so he 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 wasn't fighting for a purpose necessarily but he did have some he had he had a drive in him um that, that i kind of that allowed him to he was a survivalist kind of drift was um, just a kid man what oh, happened to the mouth on drift's so hand um i just couldn't i couldn't be bothered with it um <laughs> I just you, you I, said though in the episode that it would disappear after a couple yeah, it would come hours. in my yeah. in my head it just and then the it was spell underwater. ran out. The spell yeah. ran out, and it yeah. was I'm not I'm not micromanaging that forever. I, I I am not an enormous fan of um uh sentient weapons and things. I know everyone loves them, um but just for me to run, I like them if I get one. Like in ragtags, I had one for ages and it was hysterical and I I love it. But the for me to run it, it's just an, another thing that I can't be bothered to deal with uh, sometimes. So I don't actively go out of my way to uh, to do it. So I was like, well, this is fun for now. But to have a sentient weapon or a hand that was separately sentient to you would be just annoying for me to think about. Because again, you forget about it. And then someone asks about it. And then I get annoyed that I didn't remember it. Um, yeah. uh, most of the other questions, I think, were just like, Tell us Eero's backstory, for fuck's sake. And Wacker said no. Um, and um, uh, let me just check. I just want to check that I hit all the, the ones that I wanted to answer. Jaguar asked, um, what's the political landscape in Rose God by the end of the campaign? Um, Ooh. To be honest, it's, uh, it's very similar. The, the whole point of the, um, the war at the end was that the city was under siege by uh, the Company of Masks, which were owned by um, the Praetorator, and they were just distracting all of the army that were nearby from interfering with their work at the mountain. They weren't sure what was going to go on at the Gate of Fire, so they had to make sure that the, the strong arm of the law was distracted. Um, but other than that, I don't think much changes, because um, you guys saved the day. There wasn't really anything... The king and the, the men, people of Rosegard, don't really know what you did, I don't think. I don't see why they would. Um, uh, what the blood grip's doing? Probably still just being awful. What are Tar Tari and the Kosharian doing? Still trying to be the good, awful assassin types. Um, king Wilmar, does he go on adventure? I think he does. I don't know. He he. The reason I purposefully gave him the smile during the battle was that he finally felt alive. So that was why... I gave him that little scene. He's been fed up his whole life. Um, and did the Inquisition ever take steps against the Blood Crips because of the killings on the farm? I don't know. Um, I, I assume they would have tried. It's uh, The Inquisition are quite a small group and they don't have a good strong arm is how I played them. Otherwise, they would just be owning everything. Um, so I think I will move on to... The questions from today in the chat yeah good um definitely the first one was is 19 a deity now from legan's life no <laughs> he's not um 
I don't know why you would think that. He's just still 19 with another pursuit. <laughs> like, he just has to do stuff. Do, do you know other other creatures with pursuits? Those little fire newts that you fought at the beginning with the milky mm -hmm. eyes? Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's little pursuits that you can do where it's just, you know, we'll, we'll extend your life. He's His life was extended by the mask. 19 has a mask now that will extend his life a, a significant amount but i don't think it would make him it won't definitely won't make him live forever it, it gave death singer maybe an extra 200 years max um so for 19 it might buy him another 20 something like that it depends how long can i ask left. a quick question know. on this line yeah just to 19 which i was curious about what tiger what what changed in 19 besides like being in space maybe just if that was it i understand where like because i remember 19 got so excited about the idea of there being other of his kind and living on that island or that 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 place yep. where where was the change where it was like now I, I i want more power and i want more you know like you had any wish you could have had so you could add the wish of being on that island what was what was the change where the do power, you think it happened the power stuff definitely came from the ring okay and getting, oh yeah being intelligent uh, but him being in space, a lot of the things that changed while he was out in space was that, I mean, like, imagine that you are in solitary confinement for a week. Right. That's not a week to you. That's probably like, that feels like months, right? So he's out there in space, often battling off these fucking weird shadow figure things. And he's got nothing but time to think. He's also got those books he had, Noma Sutra. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where like the entire time he's out there, he has nothing to do, but think, I mean, think about how often he probably thought of you, Rin, Eero, thought about how much he wanted to kill the blood grips. So how about how he'd never get to see you guys again, but never kill the blood grips, then let go of the fact that he'd never see you again, then let go of the fact he'd never kill the blood grips. And then suddenly came back, got permission basically to come back. And then he realizes when he gets back that even though you guys are all great and he loves all of, especially you drift, like the character obviously had a very big, strong bond with drift. Yeah. So the 19 thing, there's also the reality of him making the realization that it doesn't matter how much he loves you guys. It doesn't matter how much he loves anything because everything that he loves doesn't matter. He has. Oh my God. That's the absolute opposite to where Rin's brain went. That's amazing. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I hope that answered it for the most. Yeah, it did. Um, another cool. one Very kind cool. of along the same line from Christian. If olds and 19 would meet, would they get along? I think so. Yeah, I think they would. Uh, all right. I, Jaguar. Couldn't say that about, oh, I couldn't say that about a lot of characters, but I would say that they'd probably get along. <laughs> they'd probably get along mainly <laughs> because oldest would probably be it will before pre-ring oldest probably would have been able to get 19 to do whatever he wanted because he was so cunning. Uh, post ring 19 would probably be oldest would probably be like I want this dude on my side if that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. um, Jaguar said what was the talking floating skull the first time the party was in the gate of fire that was literally a demi lich or whatever they're called is that what they're called um, it was literally one that didn't have any uh, memories and you could have gone and spoken to him um, he was designed to be terrifying as a token on the map so that you go fuck that I'm not going near it and then actually would have helped you out and uh, he also would have he could help you on so that the gate of fire actually had a bunch of random secret doors and things um, 
and there was a bunch of random items and stuff in there that you uh that the that he would have helped you find if you would have helped him um, it's so terrifying being like a low 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 level character oh yeah because one one enemy crits you and you're basically down like until you're level three or so you're just like a walking piece of paper it's awful and yeah yeah i mean we proved, that episode. We proved that episode too right yeah yeah um yeah i mean that was the point it was just there to scare you um but in fact you it, it was kind of that was one of those moments that me wax steven knew what it was yeah and Eero was also just plain terrified of it that he wasn't going to go anywhere near that thing. Right. So I was like, oh, awesome. They align. Good. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, and that's kind of the point of it to a degree. It was to see if you would have the courage to overcome that or, or if you were stupid enough to just walk up to it and see see how that played out. I, don't, I didn't have anything solid written down other than that there was some there was some things. Um NMF1 says, are Solomon and the first connected? If yes, how are they connected? They are not. That's the end of that question. I'm not going into it too much because it's all spoilery. Um, Ryder DHD, Ryder DHD, who were the desert guys at the end of the last episode? They are known as the Ancients. They aren't in Dustvale, but answers about them are. So if you want those answers, unfortunately, you have to watch the entirety of Dustvale. <laughs> um, Damn, that's cool. Yeah. Um, That's why some people were freaking out. Yeah, there's a couple in the chat who were like, oh my god. It's my whole thing where I'm desperate to keep these as separate individual things that you can watch in any order, but also have some crossover stuff for people who have watched the whole thing. And and it's, you know, it's also hard not not to have crossover because it's in the same world. So some people are like, oh my god, Falmacia? That's from the last one. You know, you just know it. That's Vale, that's the name of the last campaign. That's what you sound like, chat. Suck it up. Kipling Senpai <laughs> says, uh, uh, Brad, you seem to like ending campaigns in a very open manner. What's your reason behind doing it this way instead of having a clear cut end to the story? I think this one was a lot more clear cut, um, but I am a fan of ambiguous endings um, because, I, I mean, we're doing it right now, but I, I, I agree with Wack in a lot of ways. D&D is not, is not a TV show. It's not a movie. It's it's not supposed to tie up loose ends, I don't think. Um, I think you'd go crazy trying to do it because there's just way too many variables where you're rolling dice to see stuff or we're improving things. And it's just like, I mean, how many questions tonight have been, Brad, whatever, what, what about this? And I went, Meh, I don't know. You know, like there's a lot of stuff I do have answers for. There's a shit ton of stuff that I've written down that will probably never see the light of day that only I know. And that's just how it is. But... I like ambiguous endings because one, it feels like it's not over. You yeah. Don't, you don't need to have yeah. an ending. The adventure still carries on. These we we saw a glimpse of these characters' lives. We didn't see anything before, and we didn't see anything after the part we saw. But there is more, and and you can explore that yourself. And D and D is in our heads. We're all just sitting around like kids, making it up and playing up make-believe and we've invented the whole thing together regardless of who did what part it, it was all just in all of it happened in our heads everyone sees zero differently in their heads everyone sees what happened with the first differently in their heads the environments that i described the um things that your characters did that you described 
And I don't see why you can't just carry on doing that for yourselves if you want. And that option is open to you with ambiguous endings. Although I think this one was wrapped up pretty pretty neatly, um, considering considering how 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 much I'm I'm very willing to end a campaign ambiguously, um, and I've done okay. it several times previously. I have an idea. Yeah. Five years from now, we come back, we make a spoof. The reality it's, show. It's it's just me going. Where are they now? It's a talking Let's head. See. <laughs> Everyone's fat. Just like, it's like they're, yeah. all, they're all child actors. And now they're, you know, yeah, they're um, Salas D says, "Was that was the mask that nineteen got the mask of life?" I'll give you some info on the masks because they're not a big deal because they're very dark fire localized info. Um, they were known as the five runes of the Magi, um, the Thelmesian runes. Um, mm. The Grand Aeon Seal was was more just where Darkfire was locked in. That's what that was. Um, Destiny was almost a Magi, wasn't he? Who? Destiny was almost a Magi, wasn't he? Because of those runes. He was. He was. Yeah, he Sorry. was close. Um, he had just figured out ways to, to you know, he was the leading brain on everything yeah. Magi. He he might still be two thousand years in the future the person who knows the most ever about them um there was the after rune of nine that, storm yeah go on after hearing that i i feel like you should really read that lightbringer uh series brad yeah and a couple of people suggested things to me like oh is he based on this character and i was like no but that's cool as shit and now i want to steal it from my next villain um there was night storm life flow and that was the mask you had the 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 mask of life flow there's Star Blood, Wind Spirit, and Death Song. Um, and each one does different things. Do you want to know what they do? I do. And yeah. also, I have a question. All right. I want to know how he got the Death Song. Will we ever know that? I think you can imagine that each of these runes, these these places of power, have their own <laughs> bullshit thing. This own, they're, you're, a gauntlet you have to go through. Um, and you guys went through one of them, Nightstorm. One. And yeah. it was a trial, and it's supposed to be unbelievably difficult. Um, and each one is different. Um, each one is a very different experience. Um, I think Death Song is probably unbelievably harrowing. <laughs> I think it makes Nightstorm look like a <laughs> fucking day at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rune of Death Song is underneath black point in a cavern which is below the ocean which is very similar to night storm as what? well and black point is where you've lived forever and that's where it is um and Shut why up. why he, ah, why he it's why he See based how himself exciting there. it is when you hear things you didn't know <laughs> um fine fine um obviously that one so the death song mask obviously it, it allows you to do the death song um the wind spirit mask allows you to fly. The star blood mask allows the power of teleportation via basically like a large gate spell, which is also an answer to how the company of masks are moving around and the um, rose guard people can't find them. They're able to teleport in huge batches and squads and platoons. That's awesome. I'm actually very curious where all the rest of the company of masks went. Like where they, what city they burned Yeah, down. and what happened to Praetorita after fucking Death Singer died? 
interesting. I'm afraid I don't even know. Okay, all right, all right. All right. Um, I don't want to. That's a big. Yeah. The, uh, the life flow mask is regeneration, but it also extends your life passively. Um, and then Nightstorm allows communication with everyone or anyone that you know. Um, well, you know that. Um, I feel like it. This like whole thing was over so fast. It's crazy. Like yeah. when we talk about it, I'm like, oh, that chunk. It felt like like five different things to make up this show. Like five, like mini series kind of series kind of things. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, Legends Live said, "How did Captain Ward Buckler end up in the tournament of Roseguard?" Captain Moore Buckler ends up in everything everywhere. He's just a he's a he's a meme of mine at this point where he just he shows up in things if and when he's like a he's like a sliders time traveler type um whose life he, he, he quantum leaps into <laughs> into new lives. Sometimes he dies, sometimes he's born in these worlds and it's all very wishy-washy and and uh I don't know how he ended up in the in the tournament of Roseguard. He was an Easter egg. There's sometimes some some things are just Easter eggs, and I don't justify them. I just go, "Yep, he's there." Um, but he <coughs> he is a, he is a captain, um, and he always ends up in some soldier role or militaristic role. So I imagine that regardless of how he ended up here, he for sure was part of the Rose Guard military. Um, and I think probably he just, you know, in in Game of Thrones they did those like tourneys where even the the guards would take place and i think maybe he was just put in um in that same way kota clan says where do babies come from i have no idea um does anyone i don't know is it stork or something sure. oh okay there you go birds deliver them shy no. baby will we see olds again i will never say um rainbow can rock for wax steven what do you like most about Eero? Uh, I, I, I kind of feel like I answered this already partially. Um, I think I think that I made him to be a storyteller. Um, he's he's a GM. He's straight up like a GM kind of person. Um, I think if he could have, he would have invented like role playing games. In this in the setting maybe he did mazes and monsters um christian <laughs> christian six uh was the what part of your character do you identify with we did that we answered for you john um <laughs> pro screen what would you answer what was the answer uh we you said that he, he's sort of excitable and, and he's oh, always yeah. he's always like happy to be doing the thing even if it was i mean drift wasn't too different from me Really, Drift was just so. like young me, yeah, with Soul. his thing. <laughs> I wanted to do that so bad because you know I'd done Clutch, who was like you know Southern, did Akika, did like Manny, which was like a Hispanic like yeah. character. Like I've done, you know, I've always done like a voice or like a little something different, and I wanted to just try playing a character that was like, just a bit like yeah, yeah. just yeah. hey, talk I like you talk, yeah. and like just, I also kind of like it's good for with a smile, other, right? D&D players out there to know you don't have to have a different accent or voice. I would say it makes certain aspects easier to really divide, but like, don't be scared to play D&D if you're like, if you want to do your, your normal voice, just take on the attributes of the characters. Yeah. 100%. Pick When you pick those lines out that says, you're a very talky person who asks a lot of questions. There you go. Now it's just you 
with like a little more, you know, more questions. You don't, you don't like even that. half the time you don't even need to role play. I don't think if you're unsure, you can just say, "I want to approach this person and say this with a smile," you know, and then you say the thing. Yeah, there we oh, go. I would, like, I would 100% accept first it as step. A GM. Mm -hmm. Um, Pro Scream says, "Did Hasmal changing forms to animals have anything to do with random encounters that could have happened?" No, it was him trying to to make himself relatable, honestly, to you guys. I thought so, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I he, was so fascinated He, didn't, he with didn't know what you were, but he knows what stuff out there looks like. So yeah. he was trying to shift and change, and he was just, as he was attuning himself to you and figuring out what's going on. The thing with Hasmore, like, you guys treated him like he was this all-knowing, omnipresent deity, but he really wasn't. He's a middle he's a middle manager who is trying to he's very neutral and he's he he is doing a job. Like he I, he's like a dude sat there. And he's like, this is my job. This is what I do. And um, yeah, he but he he tries he's to do his like, job effectively. Who was above Hasmal? Well, the, the 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 magi that bound him to the gate. <laughs> um, the uh, his name was no, I'm kidding. I would assume Ma that there's, a, there's a there you there's go. I know his name. <laughs> good magi, I assume, right? Is that what I kind of assume, Brad? There's like evil and good magi. Um, yeah, um, so the only, here's some weird shit for you, because a lot of people were like, oh, blah, blah's a magi, and this is a magi. I'll be honest, I'm not sure we'll ever see magi. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm still going to run another campaign called Dying Order in Lacrin. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have any intention of, of bringing like a magi come storming in. Um, because I just don't want them even the information that I wrote for myself is people around Lacrin pulling together information. So they're like, we think they did this. They moved from place to place hunting for power. There were types of them that would stay and make these big fortresses and homes over these important points. And there are those of them that would that would move around and range and go out and then try and attack those points and take them for themselves. I think they're very warring. I think they're very um, they're power hungry as a race, just a just a general race. But I would imagine there are good ones and bad ones. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to either. Um, I like them being kind of ambiguous to me. Um, because, look, I made Lacrin up and I can make up now if you want everything I want to make up, but I don't really see it like that. Um, it's it's not entirely my world, really. So I'm, And I'm okay with it. And it helps me to go, yep, yeah, I don't know. They might have done this and this must have done that. And, but it was all <laughs> different then. My version, I'm, I took over after them. I came in with everyone else. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um... Is Old's old master himself who aged through the time shift from Legan's life? <laughs> Holy shit. That'd be fucking sick. And that is so <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. It fucking wank hates time travel stuff, but the rest of us are like, <laughs> we'll see. Shy Baby 83. Um, what was everyone's favorite and least favorite thing about each character? I guess we'll do your own character. Um, okay. Because it will be here all night. It was about forty-five different answers in there. Say it again. The question. Um, we'll go. We'll go with Wank first. Your favorite and least favorite thing. Quick fire round. 
We've sort of done this. I already did the favorite thing. Um, the least favorite thing about Eero. Uh, God, I don't usually think this way. Um, yeah, it's weird. Can anyone answer? Is it like our least favorite? Like John's least favorite thing about? I think so. Yeah. Drift, drift or yeah. is it like? I would okay, imagine cool. that was the least intention. favorite thing about Eero is probably. <laughs> What what had to happen to him to make him who he is? Mm, same. I will say that same answer for Rin. Like, you can probably all answer that. It's probably horrific, good. Yeah. One of the best themes for me to explore, and, and I noticed very early on, was that all of you came from bondage, from being, yeah. you know, shackled or manacled to something, but not physically necessarily. Um, freed from that, for a second and then thrown straight back into that same position, mm. but with a different, um, yeah. So yeah, maybe that. All right, we'll move on. Missile Monkey says, will we see references to these and Dust Veil characters in Dying Order? I will be, I don't want to do any hard crossover stuff um, because I just think it's unfair for anyone who might watch Dying Order first and then want to go back. Imagine if you wanted to watch this but you knew everything that happened in it because you watched some other thing. They're not sequels to each other at all. Um, I don't want them to be. Um, so any hard referencing to any characters in this, will I, I try and avoid. I'm not saying it will or it won't happen. Again, I'm not screenwriting Dying Order. I'm preparing don't something. Please, and don't make NPCs of us. We'll yeah. see how it goes. If you make an NPC of these guys, I will change it and it will not be the case because I just I don't think it's worth doing. And I think it's very spoilery anyone who might want to watch them in any order i want them all to be able to be watched in any order so if there is references to them it will be silly little easter eggs and nothing like like 19 isn't gonna waltz in and be like you don't understand man i've been through the wars i'm 2000 years old <laughs> like it's, it's just not gonna happen because I, I i think it's unfair for anyone who uh who comes in um yeah and watches them separately dnd is too long for that kind of stuff if this was a this was a 13 episode TV show where I could be nice and concise and things. I would, it would just be season three. This would have been season two of another thing and whatever, but it's not. So, um, I'm sure there'll be Easter eggs. I'm sure there'll be things here and there, but I'm, I'm not planning on any hard referencing because I just don't think it's fair. Um, Shinto Kitsune. I know that usually that the characters played I can't read or or you can't write I, <laughs> I think my brain's going I know that usually that the players that the characters played have nothing to do with each player's traits but is there anything that each of you and characters have in common did we kind of answer that I don't know I think we did a little bit yeah um it was the second that that threw me there I'm sorry Shinto but I think we kind of answered your question at the beginning shy baby says um what drawed everyone to the to characters the characters and such that they decided on Ooh. Only one whack. thing that drew each of you in. Start with whack. <laughs> I just I'm going around the Zoom call for on the screen for for you lot. It's different, but in the Zoom call, whack it goes whack Tiger John Pumpkinberry. So that's why I'm doing it in that uh, order. All right. So I'm sorry. Say it again. What drew you to your character? Yeah. Is there anything that drew you to the, to the character that? Or again, I, I feel like I kind of answered this a little. A direct bit. reason I, for you to sort of made. I wanted memory. to. So I rolled for some stuff for like personality traits and then I took it another level further 
which was like um i i really wanted to play a character that was focused on um illusion and whatnot so that was my first thought when i made Eero. i was like i'd like to play like a you know like everybody i always see like these min max things online like if you play a bard you should definitely do lore Right, if yeah. you play a mage, you know, don't try and do damage. If you try and play that, you know what I mean? Uh, I hate that shit. Um, it's so minuscule. I mean, I don't want to, I, I, I hate hating on people for like wanting to min-max. If you like to do that, go for it. For me, it's not right. I like to play a character that going to have fun playing every week. And I guess the same thing goes with min-maxers, but um, I'm playing for the role play. I want to... I like doing weird stuff in a fight. I don't like just trying to roll and hit a number. You know what I mean? Like it's that's it's kind of boring. Like I like having a lot of different options. Um, so yeah. I I focus the character around illusion and then cowardice. Right. Anything for you, Tiger? Any reason you wanted? To, I guess with with nineteen in first to be like I want to be a cleric with the. I just want to play a big ass warforged. Yeah. That'll and we, we had like spoken about it a long time before that as well. Yeah. Um, I like playing obscure characters. I like playing things, you know, I don't want to just play a human. I don't want to play an elf. I don't want to play a dwarf. I especially don't want to play a dwarf. Um, yeah. I just want to play characters that are unique in the fact that maybe they're not something you'll see as often. And I want to play a character that has some good diversity that you could, you could enjoy. And 19... I think Brad can attest for this. One of the biggest things that was cool about 19 is we both know going into it that he wasn't going to know shit. We were going to roll this character as somebody that is kindled or as in become sentient. And doing that allows for a really cool story. It allows for a cool backstory. It allows for all of that. And the reason I leaned towards playing the character the way that I did was because I wanted to play a character that it would keep everybody guessing, even myself and even Brad, honestly. Because, I mean, like, I mean, when we were doing those rolls for if I hit a 20, I mean, Brad's making that shit up on the spot. Yeah, it was really weird and difficult. It wasn't planned out, you know? We weren't just like, <laughs> oh, we're going to roll up tomorrow. We're going to roll a crit perception check. Yeah. And this is going to be the story for it. It's like, you were like why do I have this ability? And I was like, oh, I guess it's because you got eyes. And then we were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's fun for me. Anything for you, John? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, originally, um, I was going to, when I was making the character, I was going to do a really pompous, very, Drift was supposed to be, like, very, like, thinks he's the best, thinks he's the shit. Um, and then Brad was like, you did have a great, voice awesome, for him no well, problem. Like, right. But just so you know, we have someone else in the cast who's playing that a little bit. <laughs> the whack had already made. Like, oh, and then I was like, Eero. okay. Yeah, it was Eero. I, I was going to be like a very Eero type character. And yeah. then from there, I was just like, okay, what if he has like a lot of the thoughts that someone who's pompous would have, but like is super young and nice. And that's like where I was like, all right, this is going to be great. This is yeah. not how I was originally planning. And it got cool when I could be a little more pompous when I became this like sort of stronger, more evil kind of character and a yeah. little more douchey kind of uh, into myself. Yeah, it so. makes sense as well. You're like drunk on power a little bit. And I, I was playing with that on my side of it. Um, what about you, PB? 
Um, ooh. I think I originally, well, I knew I wanted to play a class I hadn't had a chance to play before. And so I was intrigued by the monk and I'm sort of the reverse of what Tiger said. I like to fill, I like to party fill. Like if we're missing something, I'm more intrigued to just kind of like, oh, okay. And I like to be absolutely as boring as possible and then let the story make me interesting but it just didn't work out that way with Rin's backstory. It ended up being pretty intrinsic to everything, um, which... Uh, also, it was like yeah. uh, everyone had a mysterious background to a degree, but yours mm-hmm. was placed in front of everyone, mm-hmm. and it became a... Everyone was like, oh, that one, that background is mysterious. Eros was way more mysterious yeah. by the end. It still yeah. is. Um, uh, yet you, you, part of your backstory was almost as if you had mysterious background, whereas Eero doesn't. He doesn't have a mysterious background. That's just he just we didn't explore it, and he never brought it up too much. Whereas I think yours was like purposefully mysterious to a degree, and that's why people were like, "Well, why?" You know, and everyone yeah. was really like hyper focused on it for a long time. Um, and it's kind of cool because again, I think it tied in your backstory tied in with the main story a little heavier than some of the others. I mean, Drifts did as well. I think you getting that final kill on Death Singer was very apt, but if Drift had got it, it would also have made sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he was the reason that Drift's family were murdered and whatever. Um, but intrinsically, Rin was more directly involved and it was... Uh, um, yeah, it was good. Um, I did have... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I did have an answer for another question that was like, what was your favorite part of the of the character? And I think mine is actually um, the sat- the satisfaction that I got because it was really hard for me to play Rin in the beginning because I'm a very emotional person. So to play somebody super pragmatic and just like with this crazy cultish backstory was very difficult. And... You know, we talk about there was a lot of like Rin hate on YouTube and stuff like that, which I took as like, okay, you know, I'm doing a really good job. But at the end, like some of you have left really amazing comments about how like the the satisfaction of seeing Rin change so slowly over time. That makes me feel really good. So that that's my favorite part of, yeah. of Rin was her slow progression into who she it's, was. It's really cool to have a, a full character arc in something like D&D. Because you can write yeah. that into stuff. You can have the hero's journey or whatever, but it's fucking hard to pull out of D&D. And uh, you, you, I think we did that with pretty much everyone's character, really, which is yeah. fucking cool. Um, from my nerdy screenplay writing side of my brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Legends Life says, what is the Drift Doll? I think you answered already. I think we did, but essentially... So the thing with the Drift Doll is there's three of them. That's what got confusing in the end. There were three by the end of it. There was the original doll that Drift had in his pocket (laughs) that no one knew about and then became immediately confusing when he suddenly had another one because of some bullshit that happened. So he had his original (laughs) doll, which he mentioned that he had, and that was his doll from his childhood that he he, um, kind of was a focus for the first originally. It was just this horrible little doll, right? Just a disgusting little thing. Just such a voodoo-looking, like... Yeah, just yeah. one of those shitty dolls that like you hold on to your whole life because that was like what you cuddled when you were two right. months old. <laughs> like no one, you know. Yeah, and I was never two months old. The uh, <laughs> then there was the the second doll which came from the um the the boxes and 
can't remember what they were called. I called them something very specific. But those boxes were very much like... I knew what they were. They were a bit like what the Magi used in... in Is that what I slept in? Yeah, the, the, the chest. magical chest boxes the that produced... stuck and slept in a box that locked Yeah, remember I could have died and I could still be in there right now and I would have had to re-roll after the first episode. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. The... The boxes were kind of like those things in Star Trek where they just need something and they just type it in and it materializes the thing that you need. If you think hard enough and you know how to use the box, you can you could have materialized some like armor of un invulnerability from it, but there was no way you could have known. And that's kind of a replicator, that's what they're called. And uh, they were a bit like that. That's kind of their intention. If you just open one at random, that's why we always rolled on a table to see what random item you got from it and each of you got something weird he slept I in it say the, the <laughs> random rolls this this campaign were amazing Sorry, uh, yeah i'm i'm such a fan of randomizing things it's so um, fun it's why i love dnd to a degree the the random causation effect stuff chaos theory it's just great to me i love it um Sorry, yeah, the, the, the replicator thing. He slept in one. He slept in a replicator. It's insane. And so when you Small open guy. it, Small. when you open it again, what's going to be in there? And, and, and I, at the time, it made loads of sense to me. I can't remember if it does now. But basically, <laughs> it tried to create another one of him. And he had a little doll in his pocket. And it tried to create another one of him. And it made this horrible doll. And there was nothing weird about it. Everyone was like, oh, it's going to come back again. And a whole campaign, I'm like, it's literally just a doll with like straw and, it's and like nothing. I love that you brought it back though. Sort of nothing weird. Yeah, they used it against you. Yeah. Um, Rainbow Camera, can we have more about the past of Eero? Jesus. It's the I'm most asked question, think. I think, here. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, because it was the most mysterious. I get it. Um, I'm trying to think what I can say that won't ruin the stories that people have worked out in their heads already. Um, so, okay. You're going to open a can of worms and say one more uh, thing, and then it's going to uh, be 10 more questions off of it, but go for yeah, it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, 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 you can give us one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a question. What's your question? Uh, McKinnon or your lady? What's going on here? <laughs> okay, so this one I've actually been thinking about a lot. I've been waffling back and forth if I want to answer this because I know that there was a bunch of people that asked. Yeah, I'm really curious. You're welcome, chat. Um, just want to waffle. So I, I think I will answer this. Because, yes! Because Eero said um, when... And the, when Eero did these titles for people, they were really important. Eero is from the Faeglen. Names have power to him. So when he did this, this was like almost binding these names to people in his head. And if there was a way for him to imbue magic into these words, he would have. And he's a bard. And um, I, I don't know how far Brad would take that, but um, it he's the lover of the summer lady. Um, he is not he doesn't understand monogamy because where he comes from, it doesn't exist. Heard that. Um, so it's it's a difficult concept for him to realize. I don't think he would acknowledge it as a thing, 
um, with McKinnon. So it'd kind of be whatever happens, happens. Um, but he's still the lover to the summer lady. Yeah. I like. I once loved her summer we, lady. We spoke a little bit about that at the end of last week's episode or at some point during the week. Because I wanted to do some wrap-up stuff for each of you. And I gave you all a little thing. I was like, oh, these people approach and stuff. And I purposefully didn't have McKinnon walking down the mountainside with her arms open towards Eero. Because I knew. And I was like, I don't think I want to pick. <laughs> something like that even at the end um because i don't i mean i don't know either um sithis wasn't Darkfire freed when they entered his prison if so what did the party do to free him besides touching the mirror no he wasn't um you um you did break you broke a seal um you broke the grand aeon seal which is the first and largest seal um on and then the Praetorator went away and did the rest. So when you arrived at the end there, they had broken the, re the remaining seals to, to allow him to break free. The only other thing he had to do, and this I think is a question as well that someone asked, when 19 was in the fire, he the next thing Deathsinger was going to ask you was, or command you to do, was get in the fire and then open the gate. <laughs> that was the next command open the gate and that would have been it that would have been what it took so what you actually did you didn't free him and i think a lot of you thought you did um in and out of character but actually you didn't know and also the nightstorm thing wasn't very it like and again another thing i don't know because it's all bullshit magi magic but I, it it didn't really happen physically to you i think a lot of everything that happened in the nightstorm temple was in your head somewhat or you were projecting it, or it was being projected was onto that, you. Yeah. That's why one of the first things I said was that your AC is based on your whiz now. Um, because that's almost always what we use in D&D to, to determine, like, mental defense um, from mental attacks or, or, you know, magical attacks and things like that. Um, the Nightstorm... You access it, you physically go down there and you swim into it, but then when there's that weird tunnel... As you're swimming down into the thing, things get wibbly-wobbly and stop being entirely a physical thing, which is why things like Eero can die and just be back. And, you know, the mirrors... It was more about your choices. And it was more about surviving these attacks on your mind. That's why Leotholdus went crazy and Deathsinger made it out and he never did. Um, maybe you wouldn't have come out physically, you know, this kind of like with what happened with 19 necessarily, but although you Crunch, physically sorry. enter... It's not really a, a entirely a physical thing after that. It's it's very much to do with sanity. And I wanted that to be the case. And and your HP and your things were all returning to you and stuff because it was to do because it wasn't real, really. It was more about sanity than it was about physical things you were interacting with and doing. Um right. and uh yeah, that was that was what that whole thing was about. I, I really like that dungeon, but even I don't understand how it works fully. <laughs> but I do know that it, it wasn't in entirely to do with that. So when you freed him, you didn't you didn't free him. You, you that was not all it took. It was way more than that. But you broke the seal that his um, magi put on him to keep him safe, so that he could then bring his magi back. I would like to point out yeah. that Eero still had that debuff from that dungeon the entire rest of the the show. So did nineteen. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a minus one 
to my deception, intimidation, performance, persuasion rolls. Yeah, rough. The the way that worked out as well, because they were rolls on like a D100 or something that we rolled for your... Because all you could do, you you couldn't really die. I know 19 died, but he didn't even. Um, it was It was more... How badly you come out of it in the end? What... What damage do you take mentally? You know, it was a PTSD dungeon. Um, it really wasn't a type of dungeon where you were supposed to die necessarily. You chose to sacrifice yourself and that led to a, a, a semi-death, which was a failed pursuit, which meant that you, you know. Um, I have a which, question. Yeah, go on. I want to let you finish that first, but once you're finished, mm. yell at me. I got to ask you a question. I don't want to interrupt that because I know you're trying to finish Well, the next up. question kind of rolls off of that one. Essentially, Mr. Womble said that the, with the rings you were wearing, if the if you died, your soul would be trapped inside the ring. Um, 19 got crushed in the underwater dungeon, did a version of his soul get trapped inside the ring. 19 didn't technically die then. Um, just before he passed over to, to die, he was snatched up by a Hasmol and gone, no, you, you, do, you don't get away that easy. You failed me. And he flung him into another dimension because that was the, the fail of pursuit and you would get sent somewhere else. So it was like he, he got to counterspell your counterspell. Um, go on, what was your question? I got a fun hypothesis slash question. So when we met with Darkfire, he asked mm. us to join him. We had the choice to join him. I had all these thoughts in my head about when we join him, how cool that would be, because I love the idea of going to the dark side. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that what it would have been is us trying to open the fucking gate for him. Yeah, you would have or, gone dark side 100% and you would have joined. Right, well, the that's what I'm saying is would we have just been trying to open the gate for him? And if so, and if that's all we were doing, who would have been trying to stop us? Uh, all of your friends along the way. Um, the Kosharians, the King, the Rose Guard Army, the, the McKinnon. And, we would have fought all of them. Yeah, McKinnon and Stonesworn, Heavy. They would have kicked their ass, guys. Did you see how much <laughs> damage they did? Uh, it would have been all of them, but you would have had the Orcs on your side. You would have had Death oh, Singer. You would have had the Praetoritan. You, you would have... You would have had a very different experience. Your braces, your braces would have turned black and like Death Singers would have gone all obsidian oh, and cracked. Goth girl, dude. We would have goth girl. On yeah, well, and I remember, and I don't know if if you go back Stubbies on the vods. Goth girl any I, don't, day. <laughs> I don't know if you go back on like the vods or whatever. If I said anything like this out loud, I, I'm sure I mentioned it a few times to you guys. But there was a, I didn't have anything planned after that point, and it was a really weird position for me to be in because I didn't know mm. what what decision you would make. I figured generally people go for the good guy side, but I wasn't sure with you guys. Um, we did. I don't think, think we knew either. I think we were, honestly, when it first happened, I think that three of us, minus Whack, were all, yeah. like, 80% ready to join him. Right, yeah. And it's cool as well. Like, I played Fable. The, the evil one was yeah. better. Um, yeah. You know, like, it's it's fun. It's, and, it, and it would have been very interesting to see. And, and that would have been the, the rest of the campaign. Um, your pursuit would have been changed. Darkfire could... Can hack the bracer um, to, to twist it to him and his pursuit to free him or whatever instead. And that would have been what happened. And yeah, it would have just been this. Instead of you racing to stop him from being freed, it would have been the fight and struggle to get there and complete this, the other side yeah. of it. Um, 
And uh, yeah, you would. Oh, you would also. You would dope to see that ending though. If we your final yeah. boss. Your final boss would have been Hasmol in that scenario as well. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a whole other thing. That's actually horrific. Oh my god! All right. Hey, yeah. I just, I, like I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was like going through all these questions, and I was like. I want to fucking know about that because I don't really have a lot of questions because I really just want to get to theirs. But I was like, when I thought about it, I was like, I need to know because yeah. I love, I am a dark side. I am a kill the younglings. I am a, it's just, that's just where I sit. All right. So when, when that choice happened, it was extremely hard for me to realize I was playing a character and not playing Andrew. <laughs> yeah it's i mean I, I i get it i mean i i wanted to see the evil also, version as well you know it, but you are i was telling john and pb not to give me the dirty looks after i said kill listen you. i have two kids yeah. you said younglings i yeah. I'm, I'm, talking I'm, in, and I'm talking in a fake unrealistic world you all said right? your name's andrew you didn't even say tiger or your character I'm protecting my kids right now, right? Yeah, never having them from the pot. Right? Oh my god! Oh my god! They used to be like, Haha, "Yeah, younglings kill them," <laughs> and now I'm like, "What?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have about really intense decisions like that in this campaign, where I had to be mm -hmm. like, stop and really think about what. My in that moment. Totally, right. absolutely. Moment. I remember having. I, I think we all that. had those moments. Yeah, for sure in the show. Yeah, that oh. one at the end. Mm -hmm. You were. Oh my God, John, where you sat back and you were like, "Okay, what would I do?" Oh God, it was so. I, good. It was so such good. a mind fuck. Where yeah. it was like, John what, thinks I'm a psychopath now. Would I just sacrifice? Like, God, I don't yeah. like me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was intense. Um, there's a lot of questions. We've got about 25 minutes oh, left. Oh, sorry. If we don't sorry. get, yeah. okay. if it doesn't matter. If we don't answer them and you want Ask it and, and, I, and I've missed one, yeah. just you can add any of us in the Discord and, and we can answer it. Oh, is the, wait, after today, is the Discord going to move into pr past shows? Yeah. Yep. Oh, into the retired yeah, section. Gonna, I realize after today, I'm not going to see you guys every Tuesday. Horrible. Do you know what was the worst okay. thing for me Let's about today? Right now. <laughs> was me setting up the OBS thinking, oh, I have to delete all these scenes later on. For the Stop it! I, it fucked me up. I was like, oh, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, just like save yeah, it. Why like, do you have to do kill by each little thing? You know, I don't, I don't need it. Um, Christian, maybe question. We'll, well, maybe we'll come back or something. Question for Wax Stephen. Leave it ambiguous, Brad! How did you come up with the story of Corundin? Was it all improv? It was really good. Yeah, it was all improv. 100%. You're un that is the moment I it was like, holy fuck, Wax really good like not and that's just why good, everyone like, should want to play in wax steven's campaign that's the really reason. good i know I, I really would love to be gm'd by whack one day it, uh, most underrated really gm fun. on twitch in my opinion right there what thank you most underrated gm on the entirety of twitch I am like, everyone should know wax steven like everyone's like oh my god matt mercer matt colville wax steven should be in that list in, in yeah. my opinion and we're gonna try and get him there, right? Table story fam. That's right. Household name, Wax Steven, twenty twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> president of the United States of Dungeons and Dragons. Sithis plays says, What did the other mask uh um no nineteen because it says story nineteen because it was uh, freaked me out. Received do uh, the one from the Elf Queen. I told you it it's life based, it gives it extends his life and it also would you know it heals him every round technically. Um, is another thing wow. it does. Um, Warlock, other than the ending, what were your favorite moments in the campaign? Try and quick fire this if we can, I guess. Um, whack. 
Any standout moments? Favorite favorite moment in the campaign mm. was the entirety, I think, of Roseguard. Um, Agreed. I just, I really felt like it was a uh, a character shaper for all of us. Um, and it helped us fall into the roles of who our characters would be throughout the entire campaign. And I just think it was well-crafted. It was well-balanced and interesting. There was stuff to do. We had shopping episodes, which I know, like, you either love them or hate them, but um, it was right. a lot of different things in Roseguard. There was a lot of different kinds of stuff that happened. We had intense, like tournament action we had uh stories we had shopping we had uh intrigue with the blood grips and all of that stuff going on there was just a a, a wide experience that happened and i think that's what you want with any big city in any you know campaign regardless of the setting dnd fantasy whatever uh yeah. got kind of answers oh never oh, mind go on. uh no, please go. Drift versus Sirseek. Fucking, I didn't speak at all during that episode, I don't think. I don't care. It was my favorite episode. It was so fucking good. <laughs> I was just going to say the most fun I've ever had in my entire I always feel awkward, though. I, I always want to do stuff where everyone's involved. And honestly, the tournament, I set it up in with the intention that Rin or Nine Team was entered by the Kosharians and Drift and supported by Eero via the uh boulder downs was that who that is you in um yeah. and the uh and and that was my plan i really wanted there to be two of you being supported by the other one or maybe even three of you in i knew Eero almost definitely would not join it so i was trying to figure out a way to put him in but i was like it would be cool if all three of them were in it because i love the dragon ball z tournament arcs yeah. i was like they would just be it doesn't matter who wins or what happens or whatever they're in it um, and then only one of you went in, and I was like, "Oh no, this is there's going to be at least one episode where they're it was fucking all amazing up or whatever." But it, it was cool as shit, and I, I, I think so we all felt great. that. So I was less. And I, I think I spoke to you guys at the DC. time, and sure all of you were like, "I don't care, it's cool." But um, I was jumping yeah. up, and, and down you did not think I was going to win. I talked to Brad every oh my God, night no. after yeah. every tournament. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, he's like, I'm really shocked you beat the first one. That was great, but there's no way you're beating the second one." Like, yeah. Yeah, I know, dude. That's really, he was like, really there's no way. And I was like, no way. He's like, I mean, there's always a way, but realistically, man, like, these yeah. are tough as shit. I was like, all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. With Eero, Eero, I mean, Eero won that for me. Like, all of every. I don't, uh, I, there, again, I don't know how to balance 1v1s very well. And I don't know how to balance post level five very well. Um, but that really is the proof. Um, that was so fucking good. Oh my god! But yeah, um, no, you you destroyed it. You've you've all done this to me a thousand times by now, though. Every, I've every campaign I've run, my players have been like, "Look, we killed the big bad evil guy, ruined the and I'm like, "Ah, oh, you! But now you, what the fuck am I gonna? You ruined my hog!" And that's why I don't care about the story anymore. I just go, "Oh, you did it! Yay! <laughs> I'm with you." Uh, who was next on this list? For, my oh, go second on, you got favorite two. thing right, is falling, falling vampire, not vampire, bat battle. That was fucking epic. That was so incredible. Oh, falling then, down the... Uh, yeah, that the was Final so Fantasy fucking cool. Thing that's not in any Final Fantasy Holy game. shit, it was so good. And then third... We're going to get a complex now. I'm like, oh god, that was in a Final Fantasy. I can't use it. <laughs> um, and third and final one, probably a little selfishly, is like the the end, the absolute very end. Yeah. What about you, Tiger? Did you say one? It's, it, I just want to make sure I get back to this question: was what was our favorite? 
Um, moment. Other than the ending. Other than the ending, okay. Um, what was your favorite moment in the campaign or whatever? I, this is going to sound maybe a little strange, but like I think my favorite moment was the scene of me behind the mirror leaving the three party members. Dude, heavy as fuck. Shit was heavy. I like heavy mm-hmm. shit. I yeah. think that emotions are an awesome thing to play with. Yeah. That emotions are like... That was the hardest I cried like, during the campaign. Like wait, 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 wait. Which part? When I uh, was behind the mirror at 19. Oh, oh, yeah. Yelling at him. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, <clears throat> something I always love about, like, anything is is emotion, right? Like, we made people laugh. You know, like, we made people laugh. We made people yeah. We made people have all types of emotions. And when I go to, like, watch a movie, that's what I want. I want yeah. I want all of the emotions. And I feel like that entire episode was just crushing. But also, like, there were things that made people probably, like, have a nice big-ass smirk. Like, when me and fucking... Uh, Drift said, I am 19 together, basically, in that moment. Like, yeah, some people are crying because they're sad, but some people are just like, oh, my fucking God, that's heavy. That's fucking awesome. And I don't know, like, that was probably why it was one of my favorite scenes. It has nothing to do with, like, my acting or anything like that or my improv. It has to do with knowing that, like, I caused an issue that made all the other characters have to get emotional and find emotion, not just me. And yeah. it was, it makes the it library a- scene was really good too. That episode where we basically yeah. just screamed at each other the entire episode. That was insane. That was so fucking good. I love when I locked mom and dad in the room and mm-hmm. oh it ch- it changed everything. The there fact that so you much. forced I think it was a, uh, it in was an unbelievably like that, like, important scene. Um, yeah, it was it, so good. That was one of my favorite because mm-hmm. I, it, contrary to the thing I said earlier on, where I never get to see chat, I didn't say shit for three hours. Yeah. I think I was in it like twice where I went, and this is what happened last week. And then at some point you were like, where's that gnome? And he was like, I'm out here. And then that was him done. Yeah. And then I just sat there with chat. I was typing in chat. It was so fun. You guys yeah. were going through this thing and I just shut the fuck up and let you guys work through it. And I didn't <laughs> do anything. And I got to enjoy an episode. There was one episode of this whole campaign that I just got to enjoy as a viewer entirely, basically. It was great. That was just to jump on that wave of that one episode was called for me personally as a GM player. What was it called? Does anybody know? Some uh, it was called are... there, there is Poo Poo in My Bum Bum. Oh my God. Episode. Special episode. Um, I don't know. Uh, did, did John, did you say a favorite moment? Me? Uh, yeah. Oh, it was the tournament for sure. Like the best, that was thing. the most fun I've ever had playing this game. And it was, I've Actually, never. It was so fucking intense. I've great. never had. So- you know, and the it's hype not because as like well all between eyes were on me in the tournament and me and Arrow, but it was like yeah. just this like exciting. I was excited when you presented it to us at the beginning of the like when they're like, "Wait, you're gonna join?" For, and they like liked me for some reason, and like because I did something back in like the other yeah. city, like it was yeah. so cool. They entered me in, and then like they were like looking at me like, "You, you <laughs> little small twerp!" Like no way. The viewer uh, hype between those episodes was immense as well. Like, the amount of excitement I saw coming from you guys in the Discord or in the chat week to week was insane. I think that that really... I think that really locked a lot of people in for the campaign. I think a lot of people at that point were like, this is great and I'm going to watch this every single week, you know? Just like... I I feel like that was when a lot of people who were like, I don't know, were like, this is the best thing. I I, I don't know, but it's the hype around it, outside of it, was just insane to watch for me as someone who's been running D&D on Twitch for a long time, or a few years. So much going on right up to that, too. Like, 
with the, yeah. the blood grips and with Rin and like in the sewer yeah, and then and like her finger yeah like totally not right. coming not showing up because he was getting jumped like and like it was so many good stories happening at once yeah Eero and me doing this tournament and like them off and like dealing with like it was just so because ah oh man it was like a fucking amazing tv show like yeah it, it was, was just, it was great i really uh, really enjoyed running it and a lot of that i had not planned for i mean the whole blood grip storyline that 19 got himself into was just completely <laughs> off of a flippant quest from a goliath that i had not and i didn't make it all up people nice. underestimate themselves i think a lot with improv and they think oh i'm not good at that when you force yourself into situations where you have to do it your brain will cover you like it will happen yeah you just I, I definitely think that is true. and uh you know you'll you'll come up with some crazy shit. so there's a there's a contrast that i think a lot of dms need to have um in their repertoire which is you write a bit and you make sure that you leave room for improv yeah. mm -hmm. um and you you just see what happens because a lot of times those moments that you think are the best in the whole fucking series or whatever 100% improv like just yeah. eh, whatever you know like it just just comes out of your ass you pull yeah, it out of your right ass. like situations not not um complete sets of things like oh i want this character to maybe potentially experience this emotion and then when you see the opportunity come in, in the campaign you go oh i can do that right now because they're they're going that way and i'll just present it by having this character just show up and give them the opportunity or something like that rather than writing a whole campaign oh they go to the inn and then they go here and then they go that so yeah, yeah. Fuck, um man. yeah i mean i think like that as well i i I'm terrified whenever I have to improv because I'm convinced I can't do it. And then, you know, again, whack is right. You will, most of the time, your brain will provide. Um, Noodle Leaf asks, which stout boots is everyone's favorite? Um, the first one or the second one? Maxius or Stubby? Stubby. Stubby. Wait, which one's Maxius? Maxius is the first one that told you oh, all the, the stories on the cart. Yeah, that was his name that I just no, I didn't ever said it. And he was exaggerating his war stories, by the way, as we learned. Am I answering as Wax Steven or Eero? Um, well, I guess they're different. We're both then. Okay, Eero is Maxius because the stories were fucking Sorry, epic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me is probably Stubby because he saved our ass. Stubby was so, so cool. strong. It was ridiculous. Every roll was you a crit. You were rolling so high for him. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You uh, made me want to play his class. Like he's a, he was a, a ranger, right? Yeah, he kind of yeah. did before. Um, but you yeah. made him look cooler. You made rangers look cool again he to was, me. <laughs> yeah, he was super strong. Um, Tiger? Hmm... I feel like, okay, ask me in full what it was one more time. Which Stout Boots is your favorite one? The first one that told the stories on the car or Stubby who was saving everyone's ass at the end or just damage dealing random DPS character that was with you at the I, end? I think, I think that, Thanks yeah, yeah I think that it's definitely, it's definitely the brother, the one that survived because- Saved your life, dude. Yeah, yeah. He saved, he literally saved my life. You also yeah. had, yeah. you you were with him for a yeah. little longer. Almost, you yeah. had a, you had a direct, yeah. It, it could very well have just been you two going in to face. For some reason, I thought there was a third there. person there, which is why. <clears throat> I, 
Question right. again. For some reason, I thought you included. Uh, I thought you included for some reason those monks in the library in there. Not the monks, but the <gasps> the library gnomes. The little yeah. library gnomes. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I love there was. I don't know why a, my brain was thinking that, considering there are nothing to do. With there's it. a there's a set of roles that would have led to a version of events where nineteen and Stubby walked into that final encounter alone, with no hope of the other three showing up um, as well, which is kind of cool to think about. Um, where is 19's cat, says Legan's life. Still on the farm. He left him with, um, uh, what's his name, who was taking over the responsibilities of John's farm um, to keep him safe. Uh, so he lives there, safe and happy. All animals have plot armor in this game, unless they are specifically like a pack of wolves that are attacking you on a random encounter, like the dire wolves almost kicked the fuck out of you early on, and uh, or you actively send an animal in to fight. All animals Ooh, in, in my campaign have that. plot armor. The I have owl? a question based on that. There you go. So, if we died mm. in the fight with Deathsinger, was or was there an Archimedes moment? Yeah. Let me play it out for you. That's why I saved Archimedes, like, mechanically. Yeah. <laughs> um... Let me play it out for you. Eero drops... Uh, Eero fails his last saving throw. Yeah. Archimedes says to you, you can save yourself and one other. Who do you pick? <gasps> what would Hero have done? Holy shit! No way! No way! Who would you have picked? Oh, I'm not saying. Oh, that's Me, some for serious sure. shit. Me for sure. Not saying. Oh, wait, no, because I'm like, uh, no, I've lost. I think he probably would have picked Drift. I think it would have been Rin. No, I think he would have picked Drift. It would have been Me or... Or Rin. Because he didn't like what I became at all. He did not like the dark energy. But he um, would have been Rin because I think he's secretly falling in love with Rin. No, 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 no. Nah. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. I just want to hear him say it if he did. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's I, I one think, thing Chad got super wrong. I think yeah. so as well. Hero I didn't get that like, vibe. Oh, Rin and Eero, Rin and Eero. And I told PB like... Yeah, we talked on. about it way early on. I got I like a like, dual leadership. No, that that's not happening, right? <laughs> brotherly, sisterly like, vibe from it yeah. as well. Yeah, it was a brother-sister vibe. I have right the same away. thing on a Thursday with Tuesday's character. Everyone thought our characters were kind of in love, but they're absolutely brother and sister. One's a half-orc yeah. and one is an elf. Um, but People love love, man. People yeah. love love. Yeah, they love it. Um, Wax Steven, what's up with the Kalius Ka family name and the research Iro did in Roseguard? Can you tell more about it from Patrick? Yeah, because I did talk about it a little bit. Uh, during the show, Eero was searching for his family. Um, that was the reason that he left the Fagelin, um, was to search for his family. And he inadvertently found one. Um, that was kind of his whole story. Um... Well, he found one. Yeah, well, that's that was my point. No, I meant us. I meant we uh, were that's, family. Yeah, that's yeah. what his point was. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a shit. I have a shit ton of info on, on like specifics and things in case it need. If you pushed it more, but you never did, um, mm. which you can have one day if you want Mac or not. I don't mind. I know what you're like. You might not want it. No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, Missile Monkey says, "Does Dark Fire exist outside time?" Um, if you mean, is it possible for him to exist outside of his seal? Yes. Um, but I think you mean, does he exist outside of time itself? Yes, he does. 
Um, he he lives in a strange pocket dimension that's just created by the the magi that made the Nightstorm rune. Um, the Nightstorm rune is weird. Although you guys could use it to communicate with anyone, it basically does that wibbly wobbly thing where it has just a set of ridiculous amounts of power, and, and it can dump you out in certain in certain places. It can dump you out in the fucking prison that Darkfire's in, and it can dump you out in one random point in time that is about one year before Roseguard is before the snow melts in the area where Roseguard is um that's where you were you you were in the very last year of the snow um of the frozen age um so fucking cool and it can do some other things that are irrelevant um Roy says, during the battle between Drift and Walter, the first claimed there was another who was a vampire. <coughs> Did he? Did you have something planned for that? Me? Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't claim there was another that was a vampire. I think he was referring to Muriel, who wasn't a vampire, but if I had said that, I might have misspoke. I think I might have meant an undead. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. There, um, there was... I think he probably has other potentials around the world. The first I got, I got very, uh, uh, and I think he got very drift focused at the end because he was that close with drift. But um, but the first isn't, you know, he's not going to put all these eggs in one basket. He for sure has all these people. He's a he's a warlock patron. He's the fiend. He's the archfey. He's one of those. You know, people scream out, "Help me!" And he's like, "Well." I, ha I want to get to your mortal realm. I'll help you out. But, you know, if your body is strong enough to contain me and I train you, I'm going to... I will I will sh show out. I will show up. Um, what happened to Olds? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. For John, in the battle with the first when you jumped off the bridge, was that influenced by the live chat or were you thinking to do that yourself? Oh my what? god, I was From not looking at live chat at all during that. Were they no, saying that? Uh, I don't have any fucking yeah. idea what happens in I chat. Oh, they time. were saying that too? No, no. Were people in chat saying to jump? I guess so. I, I wasn't I mean, watching I'm chat during that question, moment. Yes. Uh, no, no. Uh, what, what did it for me was, I can't remember exactly what you said, but I asked, did I, did that, did I hear that? Was that said out loud, Brad? It was something like, Someone, uh, I think 19 had I asked, or like, you, I think. yeah, and he said, yeah. like, they just need me. And when I heard that on my next move, I jumped. Right. Because in my mind, I was like, well, if he just needs me and he's only going after me and he's killing my friends, I just jumped. I was like, that's my only, that's, that's it. Right. And I also had in my mind, that's why I asked if I can get off with just my movement. I had Misty Step that I've never used. I had the thing that could barricade me if I took any damage in like a blood shield. So I knew, I thought I could survive for sure, but get him away from my friends who were really getting messed up. Um, yeah, yeah. So that I, was, I think yeah, that makes no. sense because I think you did make that sort of snap decision. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I use chat. By the way, this I is expected. Just for I kind of figured you might do that, you guys, as well. Um, really? Not jump? not jump, but something. The bridge. I, I, I mean, I just Ow. thought. 
a lot of the bridge thing was just I thought it would be cool and also there was a map available to me sometimes I just I completely reconfigure what I am have planned because there's a better looking battle map I go that looks dope as shit and it would be way yeah, better if it was set a on lot. a bridge and I think maybe I did that um and uh yeah so uh, the bridge I didn't think oh they'll jump off it necessarily but I did also think they might and I thought they might fall off it what happens it could easily get pushed off it what happens if Drift tries to pull his bullshit and throw the first off of it? Because I figured yep. that was I figured that was probably what you were gonna do. Is that why he was levitating? No, that's the whole reason he could turn into a bat. Uh, <laughs> I was like, he needs to me, be able to survive that. Chat, he he just like levitates because he's based on a creature called the Herald of Blood in the Tome of Beasts. Ooh. So I think he has some of that bullshit, and I twisted him, and he's got he's he's some he's got something else as well. That he can do i can't remember what i made him out of he's a weird amalgamation the first of a couple of different creatures that i homebrewed i love them i love them as well i love them yeah it is we're closing it pretty soon yeah. and i know we are yeah you have to play a certain song to close out everything and i think that pb is going to be mad at me for saying this and maybe even whack will be mad at me for saying this but what you're, you already know it brad's brad's on it i don't need to say oh, okay John, what you said you use chat how? Oh, no, no, no. The only time I used chat was for uh, uh, remembering things that I did. Like, just because I, I, sometimes I just forget, like, my powers or, like, my special, like, plus three because I have this thing or charisma modifier. So that's what I would always look to chat for. Like, yep. oh, did I forget? Oh. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, um, there's a lot of more questions in here. I can see them. But yeah. we're gonna be at time in a minute if we don't uh, if we don't call it somewhere. Um, I will. If your question wasn't answered, and it was to me specifically, I will endeavour to answer it on the Discord. I'm sure all the others would as well. Uh, yeah, I will as well. If, if you, you just, is I'll there a way there. you can show us the list of questions, Brad? I don't know, but probably I'll. Okay. I'll... Okay, I'll, I'll just do out. like a little video where I answer them because it's, it's a, way easier it's a funky, everything. it's a funky thing here where I, I don't okay. know because Kujo made a bot on a page and it's I don't just know if directly hold. beams it into Brad's brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's some good questions. I've seen a couple come up in the chat, but we this just we'll be here all night. They'll just they'll be endless. So, um, yeah. feel free if you want to re-ask. Uh, questions in the discord um if you join our discord if you don't know how to use discord and stuff um you can tweet us um you can tweet either at table story or you can tweet each of us in it's our res table story in our respective uh twitters or you can probably come by all of our varying streams and ask people while they're live streaming as well there are all the links that you need for all of these fine people whether you're watching on the vod um or you're watching live the links come up make sure you follow everyone um, and, uh, I'm sure using the power of the internet and Google, you will get your question answered at some point. Um, I think the discord is probably the best way to do it. Best option. Not everyone is discord savvy because it's weird really for people who have never used it. The first time I joined discord was like, what the fuck is this? Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we did a good enough job of making the show watchable. Everyone seems to have enjoyed we it. We did. We did for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was for, <laughs> for me. It is. Uh, it is a, a big deal to to complete a campaign. Um, 
If, if Without feels, missing a single episode. It's so it. great to be a GM that completes a campaign. It's such a nice feeling because one of the worst things is if you if you make a campaign and it doesn't you don't complete it or you you're forced to end it early or even doesn't start. Um, and I've done it with several and it is just awful to run one episode and it gets cancelled or something like that or things go wrong. So to actually complete one is huge. Personally, for me, just who I am, it's it's crazy for me to complete these things because I've always felt like someone that never completes projects. So it's a big deal for me when I complete something that I thought of, brought you guys in on, and then we together completed this fucking thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's huge. So thank you guys for being great players. I've loved this campaign. I could sit and answer questions like this about it all day as well. Like these three hours, nothing. I, I would sit here for 24 hours and answer these questions because I love it. I, I live and breathe this campaign while it's running. And the next one I run and the one after that and all the campaigns I've run before, I just, I love it. I'm, I'm immersed in it. My favorite thing is to create these worlds. My least favorite thing is being the one person that has to sit on the box of secrets for a year. <laughs> and i can't answer any questions and everyone's asking all this stuff and a lot of stuff inspires me to think of stuff and a lot of questions that you've asked in the discord have made me go oh i need an answer for that um but having to sit on it is so difficult because i'm probably the one person who wants to speak about it the most i'm like i just want to tell you what's going on with the first and i can't um so it's nice to be here at the end where i'm like oh god it's a good feeling that reveal actually because i think that was the first time i knew I knew Death Singer was involved in the entire campaign is the Christmas episode that I thought was like a, just a fucking one off yeah, and then Mary comes in and he's he's like fucking singing and I'm like wait what what what, what? what? Yeah, his name was John as well because John wasn't Fuckers there on my fucking character sheet like his, what that was his cover name for that and I never watched it so I knew nothing about <laughs> it when the death song went off I was like oh this sounds nice oh like, wait Tiger wanted a death song here you go is this what you want Tiger oh my god uh... <laughs> I've got another one that's pretty good. If you had actually, if someone had actually died, do you want to hear the other that one? That should have had? been Death Singer song. It's clear. That should have yeah. been <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Let me see if I can find okay, it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I do want to, while you're finding this song, I do want to share a little tidbit that I think you lore whores out there might really like because I enjoy it. Lore whores? That's what they're called yeah. now, huh? All right. <laughs> so listen, um, you will appreciate this. So in, on my character sheet, there's like rumors of this where my character where's rin is from is black point which is where apparently the um whatever he got the death song from but there are rumors that you could hear songs in the halls and that it just when he said that it was there at black point i just lost my mind um, underneath it. yeah I, uh, underneath the whole time like fucking what i have so to say fucking cool the only thing I have to say, leaving this situation, knowing I won't be back here next with you guys, is that, you know, it was really fucking cool as a full-time streamer to see, is seeing everybody in the chat that we saw every week for a year. Yeah. That was always here to watch the show live. Yeah. I, I'm If you're out there listening, I'm not, I'm grateful for you watch, listening. I am. But I want to, like, quick just shout out the people that are in the chat that literally were in here live. Like when you see that when you're a streamer, right? You're full time. You're sitting there every night. You know, you get your regular your regulars. When you see that shit in a D and D campaign like this, it really means a lot to me. Especially yeah. me. so. Thanks. Yeah, also, I was I was gonna get to it last, but 
the yeah. the hype and the people that have been on this show has been insane yeah uh, especially just all the like the, there's a handful of people in particular the inquisitors that i called them who knew everything that was going on and really it i had to keep on my game as a gm and be like well i gotta make sure that makes sense now because they're interested in it and they're like they're questioning they're like yeah but the the paradox that exists now and i'm like oh god yeah that is a paradox well i gotta make sure that that's not a paradox or whatever it was it was fun i love that it, I, I actually enjoy being tested in that way because otherwise i might not i will just get lazy and be like my mother with the dragon did it with magic <laughs> you know so yeah. that was really fun so yeah just also, the, the amount of support that we had on this was ridiculous and uh appreciate all of y'all i'm bad at doing yeah. this but everybody who commented on youtube too because there were people who commented on every single episode every single week no and screw the time stampers. i'm not talking about <laughs> the youtube comments no i'm kidding you guys yeah. like, here's when break ends I've, so I, I shouted this out i think on like ragtags or something but the people yeah. that it just if you're one of the people out there that does the break time stamps just on any video because they do it on all sorts of podcasts and things as well out there just you are the unsung heroes of my whole life um the the find the break time stamps and put them in um yeah shout out to those guys y'all um yeah. this is it though this is the end the absolute end of dark fire there's no more this music is for you pb oh god um this is it we've been on this road together it started on a little cart it ended on a little cart apart from 19 right. who's off to God do knows, some badass God, shit. No, God knows where. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's off to do some triple backflips with a greatsword into the Feywild. Um, and maybe olds. The, but for the most part, I think... Uh, I like how I left fuckers with both my characters. This is, uh, <laughs> everyone else got closure. Um, this is the end. Any final words before we're done? Um, I think I'll say something real quick. Just that I love you guys, obviously, in the chat. Um, but I want to make... I really want more people to play D&D just because there no, there's no better feeling in the world than creating something and getting out of your bubble of life and just being whoever you want to be and just experiencing crazy journeys. And I know it's nerdy and I know it's like different than like what maybe a lot of your friends like, but definitely give it a try in your life one time. If you watch it, especially too, like give it a try. It's It's magical. It really is. That's what I'd say. I love you guys. It was fun. I'll play it. You've sold it to me. I'll give it a play. <laughs> uh, Wack, any last words? Any final words? I sound like I'm putting uh, a gun to your head. Yeah. Um, thank you, Brad. Um, thank you so much for, for making a wonderful campaign and uh, something that I look forward to every week. And uh, I appreciate you so much. Um, and I told you this before, I love you, and I mean that. Um, and uh, I love you, Tiger. I love you, John. And I love you, PB. And uh, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to be sad not playing hero anymore. <laughs> With you guys. And, uh, 
Just remember what Eero would say. <laughs> There's always another story to tell. Oh, cut it there. Yes. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. <laughs> Any final words, Tiger? Well, whack pretty much said everything I would say. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely said everything I would say. And just thanks to all of you. I'll miss you guys every fucking week. I was already talking about that. I was getting all emotional the other day about it, mm. about how much I was like, this is literally like, I love streaming. Don't get me wrong. But having like a group, like a con like comrades to come together with every week and like just produce content is not something I have done a lot over the course of the years that i've streamed except with DD. &D. so every time one of these shows ends i'm just consistently just i feel a little lost genuinely like because i don't i do i feel a little lost because i really fell in love with doing this shit so it's like uh the sad part of me isn't that i just miss the people to watch I'll, i will miss playing with all of you i'll miss playing with every single one of you and this is the second show i've been with brad dming and it just gets better every time it's just good shit and uh I'm an emotional shit, so I'm not going to say much more because I'm not going to cry because I do enough of that already, all right? So <laughs> I really appreciate all of you. Thanks for letting me play with you guys, and thanks for always making me feel like I'm included in something because that's what really means the most to me. And PB, any final oh words before God. we go? Um, that was really Final Fantasy, Brad. That was really, really fucking good. Um. Oh, Jesus. Yes, and thank you guys. Um, I was very intimidated to come in because I knew that I would be not replacing, but I would be coming in and in place of Speth who couldn't make it. And I was worried that I would feel very left out and uh, yeah, you guys didn't make me feel that way at all. You made me feel um, very welcome and uh, playing Rin was really hard, but very worth it. The story was amazing. I'm really going to miss playing D&D with you guys. Hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Well, for me, it was a pleasure to run. Uh, there's nothing better than having... Day in your life, Brad. There is literally nothing better than having a good set of players as a gm who you can rely on like it's so nice to be able to show up every week and just go i don't even need to present anything to them and i know that they're just going to knock it out of the park it takes so much pressure off of you as a gm um which for me can be really stressful at times as much as i fucking love gming it can be scary and i can get a little anxious and stuff and i, d I didn't feel it almost ever um going into this regardless we put it on every week um and uh it was just nice being able to rely on you and again everyone can say what they want about what i prepared but i really do think that you guys really brought it and it i couldn't ask for a better cast and uh everyone that watched loved it um and that is i don't know there's no there's no more that we can say i think other than thank you for watching and I mean, we could say that oh. we could talk for hours. We honestly. could, we could. And if you want us to, 
uh, you can continue to speak to us in the Discord and things. But yes. other than other than that, I think we're uh, we're done. This is a close. 50, oh 50, 50 dead episodes. Um, just perfect, almost a perfect year. About a perfect run, perfect cast, perfect game. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. Whack out. Whack out. One last time. Thank you very much, everyone, and good night. My father told me why they outlawed Arcani across the world. After Thalmesia was taken into the sea, it was said that Arcani was too powerful. But somewhere out there, someone created an Arcani weapon strong enough to strike at the gods themselves. The problem is, this time, they answered. <laughs>